<laughs> this is how I win. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. Hate, 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 hate. Double hate. Load entirely. You're out of order. You're out of order. You think that guy just says bullshit? Thank you. Mistake. Bar, stop dancing. No, Make me. There's no time for your frivolities. Oh, yeah, I regret this, regret this already. Uh, you me. Welcome to Your List Sucks. Um, this is uh, definitely going to be an episode where List Sucks because it is movies that I have rated two stars or lower. And um, yeah, uh, this is, is probably not going to be fun for me. Uh, just going to say this right now. I'm not on trial here. Uh, yes, I'm, not here I'm not here to be judged. My my rankings are accurate. My rankings are correct. These people are here to be judged for disagreeing with them. And, uh, yeah, that's how we're going to do this. Uh, so let me introduce the panel. Uh, first, we got uh, making his second appearance on the show. It's Mark Menchaka. Mark, uh, you and I haven't got a chance to really get to know each other yet, on or off air. Uh, but I heard when we, we, you know, we put this topic out there. You were the first person that said, hey, I want to be on this and submitted a list. So that kind of makes me nervous. Uh, what's, your, uh, what's your agenda going into the show tonight? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I have an agenda. I just want to talk about you know movies which a person judged wrong. So yeah, yeah that, that that's what – I mean, that's what we're all here. That person is Andrew so. James Barr. Speaking of, <laughs> Andrew, uh, you, know, you and I oh. usually uh, – we see more often than not eye to eye. Uh, definitely more than a lot of those other jokers we hang out with. Uh, so uh, how you feel about your list tonight? How's it going to go? Not the way that I, most people would probably think it's going to go, to be honest with you. Um, I judged this more on what surprised me that you personally had as low as it was. Not movies that I personally love that you have low, but what I'm surprised that you have as low as you do. So okay. this will be a different list. We'll, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, and we got uh, Jake Marigotti. Jake, um, I have rubber rated above two stars. So uh, what's your plan for tonight? What are you doing here? <laughs> um, you ruined my plot, Kirk. Um, I, you know, this is really tricky to come up with a list for. Like, I remember seeing so many films rated below two stars and going, I could make a good list. But it's like figuring out the order, what I wanted to do. I didn't go necessarily favorites. I've gone with what kind of what with Andrew, what surprised me and what really should not objectively speaking be two stars or lower. Cause I feel there's a huge argument for why these films are much better than the, the rating you have given. So I look okay. forward to this. It's going to be curious. To see. Yeah. All right. And last but not least, uh, Kathy, darling, light of my life, <laughs> uh, making your first appearance anywhere. I think in the, trivia family community uh just to to bash me uh you and i have had a happy and successful marriage many things have united us uh our taste in music or in movies has not been one of them uh, at all um so what are your what are your thoughts go to the show tonight um first i want to thank caleb coho for giving me the opportunity to do this and for all he does um it's weird to be like in this whole world because it's Kirk's world, but um, 
Yeah. So I had to look through almost two, hey buddy, 2,000 movies, 100 <laughs> pages on Letterbox, And I had like probably 30 movies <laughs> to edit down. And it was hard. And I actually considered my favorite movies and then also ones that he should not have. <laughs> Hi, Nico. Um, and also ones that were ridiculous that he had on this list. Like, they aren't necessarily like my top 10 favorite movies on this list, but that I was like shocked and appalled that he had two stars or less and I needed to defend them. So I also am coming Damn. in trying to um, balance my personal love for the movies and feelings for the movies with the objective quality and goodness of the movie. So hopefully that'll be good. That's going to be rough because all these movies are objectively bad. Before we start the list, uh, I think Koho wants to come in and uh, share some stuff. Hello. Uh, I think ah. there's some event on YLS with pink hair. Uh, so, uh, for the schedule coming up, we do need lists. Please, please, please send me or Cody Newberry your lists right now. While the show is happening, just send them off. Uh, next week, best movies of 2014. We are doing, we might do more of these depending on how well the single year things does. So if you want to do a different year, if you were really hoping, hoping, oh, I wish we could do 1999. I wish we could do 2019. Uh, then send the lists, make this episode good. We'll do them again. Then we got heist movies uh, for Mr. Newberry's birthday. It's going to be a fun show. Um, then we have worst best picture winners. Um, I'm not going to tell you what the thumbnail is, but there is one planned. Courtroom movies. Scott Harvey is on the list. Uh, he will be here because we can legally be sued by him if he's not. Uh, so he will be here. Then movie sequels. Uh, rounding out before we get to the top 100 series volume three with Kirk. Uh, with that, we have, I think we have three confirmed, and I think we might have picked the fourth, or we're close to picking the fourth, so any last-minute ones, if you want to throw them in, do that, like, now, because we're pretty close to picking. Um, all right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Bye. All right. Thank you, Joe. All right. Let's get started. Um, you guys know how the show works for the newcomers. Uh, we're going to go everybody's 1098 real quick. Only I get to talk about that. <laughs> then we'll go around. Everybody do their 65 uh, or uh, 7654. Uh, and then we'll do three, 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 two, 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 one, one, one. Uh, if you hear a movie that's on your list, say yikes, and we'll figure out what to do about that. Uh, but Andrew, we are going to start with you. Um, give me your ten, nine, eight. Cool. My number ten um, is a one-star review. It's flushed away. My number nine is a one and a half-star review. That's Paddington. And my number eight is a two-star review. That would be Speed. Okay. No yikes there. Um, flushed Away. Uh, I'm on record as saying... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I'm sorry. Anything? No, you don't. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm taking it. No, I'm sorry. I don't know how that goes. Can I just have the show you once again? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Jake. Um, so, Flushed Away... <laughs> flushed away this is one i was just more confused than anything i mean it's not like the greatest animated movie ever made but it's also kind of like this you're one star this is the one you're gonna pick a fight with okay uh number nine was paddington you gave this one and a half stars look if you were giving this like maybe three i could understand that there's some silly moments that are just like a little too silly 
but this movie is super charming. Like, the, you hate charming things. And uh, my number eight was Speed. This was a movie that I only saw for the first time very recently, but it does what every good action movie should and is continually raise the stakes. And it's something that I thought you really would have appreciated for doing as well as it does. So there you go. Okay. Um, sorry. I was just excited to talk about flushed away. Uh, yeah, I'm on, <laughs> I'm on record. Like I have a like physical reaction to Ardman style animation. It literally makes me sick. Like those eyes and those lips make me want to throw up. And this movie, especially those slugs are just, awful to look at. They're a nightmare. Um, plus, this was one where uh, my daughter was... I think it was... Was it just Noelle, Kathy, or was Jackson getting to this one, too? Yeah. And um, she. this was on repeat on my house, so I saw this way too many times, and it was just a bad combination of bad animation and uh, and just just got, got sick of it. So, yeah, this is one that um, I'm not interested in. Uh, Paddington... Uh, I just was not interested in these movies. I, I don't get the appeal. Uh, I thought the second one was better, but I think that one's super overrated too. It came and went. I mean, maybe it's a two-star movie, not a one and a half. One half maybe a little low. But, be on this list! but it's uh, it'd still be on the list if it was two. Don't worry. Um, but it's yeah, it just it, it it's one of those movies. It's just there. I, I don't get the appeal for it. And oh and speed. If if you take the '90s nostalgia out of it, there's a, there's a lot wrong with Speed, and yeah, I mean it is. It, you're right; it's paced well for an action movie. I don't mind it. It's not it's it's not bad that, but just the acting and the overacting is so terrible. This is the movie that uh, cursed the world with Sandra Bullock, and you know we've we've been suffering for it ever since. So uh, yeah, we're going there. So yeah, that's um, so yeah. There's there's a lot wrong. But I have Speed at. You had two stars. Yeah, that's about right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, next we'll go to Mark. Uh, Mark, give us your uh, 10 through 8. Okay. Uh, I will preface this. I think I did set up my list a little differently because I did just pick, like, everything from your two-star and just pick my favorite movies out of there. So I think I'm, like, at least somewhat unique in there. Uh, My 10 is a a two-star review from you is uh, Shrek. Okay. Uh, my nine is a one and a half star review, which is Ratatouille. And my eight, which is a staggering 0. 0.5 uh, review from you. Breakfast <laughs> Club. Oh, the infamous one. Yikes. Yeah, there Thank it you. is. <laughs> Figured as much. You have this in your upper tier, Kath. Where is this? Um, I have it. Number eight. Oh, so okay. So you both have it at eight. So, uh, yeah. So we'll go through Mark's, and then when Mark does Breakfast Club, you can do it as well here. Um, so go ahead, go, give us uh, Shrek, Mark. Okay. Yeah, Shrek uh, to me is just kind of. I, I think it's like a really like personal like movie for me. is is one of the. I think for the longest time is like my favorite anim- animated movie ever. I just kind of. Uh, it's um, probably my favorite DreamWorks movie too. Uh, it it's one that I think f- felt to me like it was slightly more geared towards adults. It just had like a bit of an edge, especially with the humor. And I personally, I feel like it had a better kind of children's love story uh, arc probably than Beauty and the Beast. I'll throw that out there. And, uh, okay. And uh, I mean, yeah, we'll get that later. Uh, and then uh, my number nine, uh, Ratatouille. 
Mm. Um, I'm mm. a little bit surprised it didn't get yikes. I, I figured somebody would have. I, I have my reasons. I have my reasons. Yeah, I, it's probably one of my favorite Pixar movies. I I kind of love the over, overall theme that, you know, about creation, how it can come from anywhere, and that inspiration come from anywhere. It's a really neat idea to have the main villain in that story being a critic who's just kind of one of the most slimy individuals ever. And um, just find just find it just find the overall story just really charming, and uh, that's why it's on here. And then uh, my number eight is uh, the Breakfast Club. I mean, I I, I mean I I think it like uh, I thought it would have been a little bit higher, but I especially I, I was tempted to especially with the point five like review from from kirk which is just really weird especially just because how well the movie still holds up today well you'll say your piece i mean like it's different but i feel like the the roles are like different today but like those like teenagers like still exist like they're just they're just different they're just like different in in the world today and it's just i find it staggering how well john hughes just kind of got the mind of a teenager and then and still creeping into now. All right, Kath, go ahead and give your take on uh, Breakfast Club here, too. You had okay. it number eight. Um, I love John Hughes, unlike my husband. <laughs> I love Pretty and Pink. I like, um, why am I blanking on the name? 16 Candles. Um, thank you, 16 Candles. Um, I'm a big John Hughes fan. And I love The Breakfast Club. The characterization of the archetypes is fantastic. And like Mark said, um, I think they do a great job with the teen angst. And I think that people still today, you know, how many years later can relate to those characters? Um, the Basket Case and the Beauty Queen, what I'm, I forget the exact labels. The Jock. Um, the outcast, the nerd, like all that is still relatable. And um, I mean, the message to just be you and to accept people for who they are transcends. Yes, I'm using my word, Kirk, transcends. And um, (laughs) so, and the song at the end and the fist bump, Kirk hates it, but I love it so much. And the dancing is so cute and wonderful when judd nelson is up on that statue i want to be up there with him when molly ringwald and everyone's doing their little steps up on the balcony i want to be there so this is a fantastic movie it's quotable and it's just so good and he has a big problem he has actually said that the smoke em up johnny line is the worst line in cinematic history he's so dramatic that's ridiculous it's great this is about like parental abuse and like verbal abuse by parents which so many kids can relate to like he doesn't know how (laughs) (laughs) he's just wrong (laughs) that's how i feel about breakfast okay um baby we'll get we'll get to that in a minute uh, okay, Shrek. Yeah, uh, I'm a not a Mike Myers fan. Um, he's gotten way too much mileage on that Scottish accent. Um, I don't. I, I just don't think he's funny or his brand of humor. 
Um, and I think that what you were saying, Mark, I think the problem with this movie is it tries, it doesn't know if it wants to be a kids or an adults movie, and it just kind of fails at both for me. Um, I the 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 play on like, like the plays on the uh, <laughs> the, the play the play on the that's the first sleep of the couch shift. Everybody get a lot of this thing. Uh, the play on the, the, the fairy tale tropes is fun. Um, but that may, like I said, Mike Myers just kills it for me. I, I just don't like that guy at all. Uh, Ratatouille. Pixar to me is all about world building and big stuff and creating like just a, a, a universe you want to live in. Uh, and you guys don't get to talk. You guys don't, shh, shh, you don't get to talk here. Uh, and Ratatouille is when I first saw, it, I just was just stunned, you know, think, thinking about like Monsters Inc. and uh, Toy Story uh finding nemo this one is just so small scale like i don't care about the rat and i don't care about the cook like it just didn't connect for me i just don't shh, i just don't like it um okay and then breakfast club um i've talked about this movie a lot and i'm coming to the top 100 i have a bad feeling i'm going to talk about some more so i don't go on too long um but yeah the acting of this is horrendous kathy smoke about johnny is just a garbage scene it's embarrassing to watch i'm embarrassed for uh for for him when he does that um you say it's like relatable and universal i say it's just generic it's just like this feels like one of those scripts that hughes wrote over a weekend and no one bothered to like do a double check over it um it's so it, it the script reminds me of something like a 15 year old would write and think like, oh wow, this is so deep, and I have so much to say. And then like when they're thirty, they look back on it, they're really embarrassed because of how like just lame it is. Um, it's for teenagers. This is my this is my time to talk. This is my time to talk. My time to talk. I know you're new here, but this is how this works. It's my time to talk now. Warm up that couch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, like I said, I'll probably talk about this a lot more uh, in the months to come. So I'm gonna stop there. Uh, Kathy, we'll come to you for your ten nine eight. Okay. My number 10 is 10 things I hate about you. Okay. Now, wait, do I talk about the movie? No, just give you give the list and, you, okay. and then we'll go back over them. Um my number 9 is Men in Black. My number 8 is Breakfast Club, we already said. Okay. Um yeah, 10 things I hate about you. You made me see this movie when it first came out. I hated it then. Um, we revisited it uh, a couple years ago, and it does not hold up. It's even it's even worse. Oh, I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> we f- go ahead, Kath. I'm sorry. That couch is gonna have an indent in it. By the- <laughs> I'm sorry, Kath. Good. You do your thing first. God. Hold on. I'm gonna shut the door because it's like echoing. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah, Kirk. You better okay. mute yourself. <laughs> okay. Um. So. <laughs> Um, is a teen romance and I love romance and um, unlike other movies I think that it does a really good job Um, it's not cliche it doesn't have like the same situations and same jokes as much as people I think people make comments about um, prom scenes being too much in teen movies and that might be true but I definitely think that there's a different um, tone to this movie than other um, teen romance movies. Um, I love Shakespeare. I taught Shakespeare and Taming of the Shrew, and I love the cultural um, aspect of it. I'm a, I'm a person of the 90s, my favorite decade. I grew up in the 90s, and 
So the clothes are great. The music is fantastic. Kirk actually will agree with me on this. Letters to Cleo, Save Ferris, um, The Notorious B.I.G., Dancing uh, with Julia Stiles is so fun. Um, Heath Ledger is great. Everybody loves Heath Ledger. Um, and um, it's just a really great, fun movie. Um, I do need to say to my husband that I will still say that the song is from 10 Things I Hate About You, not Deer Hunter. You're just too good to be true. Ooh. Can't take my eyes. Yes! Yes. So um, that's a great scene. I actually read that um, one of the security guards, he was like smacking their butt and running from, almost had a heart attack on set because he was like overworking them, which I thought was interesting. But anyway, so 10 things I hate about you. And do I keep going? Yeah, I do Men in Black now too. Oh, okay. Okay, so Men in Black. Um, I think this is a fantastically fun movie. I love the universe that's created so much. Um, I love like sci-fi um, and the aliens. And I like Will Smith and, and um, Tommy Lee Jones a lot. I love the part where they were like, there are aliens living among us on Earth disguised as um, humans. I can't, it was Al Roker and I can't remember the other ones, but I thought that was a great scene. I love that they go to the tabloids for like their information to investigate their case. Um, I think that's great. I think that the, um, the effects are decent. I like the little aliens that are in the coffee room a lot they're really cute and um the dog and i mean just the whole universe i was so glad whenever they made multiple movies like sequels um so i just love men in black and so i don't really understand why he gave it as low as a rating that he did especially when he loves sci-fi um so that's men in black I like how she keeps saying he, like I'm not even in the room. <laughs> Baby, you're not in the room. I'm um, the room. <laughs> you're in the dining room. Um, you can't fight that logic, Kirk. Uh, yeah, 10 things ahead about you. Hey, Kath, you know what? I love Shakespeare too, which is why I hate this movie. Shakespeare's rolling over in this grave when you talk about how great this movie is. It's it just it's it's blasphemous. It's terrible. It takes like what Shakespeare tried to do and just cheapens it. Turns it into like '90s just garbage. Um, I don't like any of the characters of this movie. I don't care. There's nobody to root for. Um, Heath Ledger went on to become become a great actor, but he wasn't there yet with this one. Um, same with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Can't stand his character. Just check him off the list. I don't like anyone in this movie. Um, and it just, it, it, it is like, it's, you said it's not cliche. It is very cliche. It's just every cliche of the book. Um, I just do not like this at all. And then, um, men, men in black, honestly, I'm surprised. I'll have this at two stars. Um, you know, when I saw this, um, I like the, um, I like the concept on this one a lot more than the execution. Um, I do like the world building and everything. I just, just, it's just a little, it's kind of cheesy to me. Um, but honestly, two stars may be a, a little bit low. So uh, you may you may have caught me on this one. Um, and then we already did Breakfast Club for your eight. So uh, we will move on to Jake for your 10, 9, 8. 
All right, so I mentioned that I tried to stay away from favorites, which is why Ratatouille is not specifically on the list, but I do realize that my number 10 is a favorite, and uh, don't hate me on this, but my number 10 uh, at half a star is Charlie's Angels. <laughs> specifically, Charlie's Angels. Number 10 uh, at also half a star. Uh, 13 going on 30, which is insane. And then at one and a half stars is Magnolia. <laughs> which we're bringing, we're bringing to that discussion. Uh, so Charlie's Angels. Um, what, I, what I find interesting about this is that you don't even get any sense of enjoyment when you give something a half a star. <laughs> get out of here. You're not on this screen. <laughs> Um, Cody, whoever's using that account, but I think this is just an entertaining TV adaptation because the first scene of the movie is just like, oh, it's another movie adaptation of a, of a forgotten TV show when they showed the TJ Hooker movie on the airplane. There's a lot of great cameos by LL Cool J and the uh, the third Wilson brother. Um, I just enjoyed also the chemistry between Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz, and Drew Barrymore. They really have, they just really feel like a um, and and like a, like a group of just good friends um, who do some spy shit and work for a man that they never see named Charlie. Um, I just find this film hilarious. Like this is an entertaining film where I like to get drunk and just watch the shit out of this movie. Um, and I think Bill Murray is hilarious. There's one scene where he gets captured and he's trying to break out and he just has no idea what the hell he's doing. Um, I think the, the action's entertaining and there's a lot of good shit that I get out of this movie. Uh, so yeah. Uh, number 10, uh, number nine is 13 going on 30, which it's just shocking to me that you get no sense of enjoyment from Jennifer Garner or Mark Ruffalo. I think the movie is is built upon their chemistry and their relationship, and specifically Jennifer Garner trying to play a 13-year-old. And there are moments where that, you know, for an actor, it definitely can be hard to, like, if you go too far, then it becomes too much, and then the, the film just falls on its, foot, on its face. And I think she rides that line perfectly. Uh, playing a 13-year-old in a, in a 30-year-old body. Um, I just find the film charming and sweet. And it's not a film that I'm... I, I feel some people may be surprised that I really like this movie, but I just... It's sweet. It's, you know, it's um, it's charming. And I think that's kind of what makes it kind of, you know, fun. And to, to give this half a song, I'm very curious what you don't like about it. And I think Judy Greer and, um, and Andy Serkis are just fantastic in the supporting roles. And then number eight is uh, one of PTA's best films, Magnolia. I said it... Uh, yes, it's three hours long. Yes, it's got some crazy uh, subplots and storylines. And um, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's verbatim Brad Ebert's quote. Um, yeah, this film film is is a multi layered hyperlink story storylines of you know the failure of the father and kind of looking at each character and what happened through. Um, just kind of their backstory and their past and what, what shaped them to become the characters who they are from Tom Cruise to, um, I'm going to blank on her name, but Philip Baker Hall's daughter. And uh, you also have the little Stanley who's on the, the Duke, what, what do kids know show. Um, and there's just a lot of great themes and, and ideas that PTA is getting ahead. Um, and I also just love that musical sequence um, when they sing Wise Up by um, Amy, as an Amy man, yeah, in um, halfway through the movie. It's just so beautiful and it just it connects all the characters. I just really like that, that storytelling. All right. 
Um, yeah, Charlie's Angels. Uh, it just uh, it's, it's it's I mean it's a it's a it's a feature length music video and it's not good. And I don't like I I like Drew Barrymore, but I don't buy her as an action star. And uh, the rest of the other two, I'm not a fan of. I wasn't really I didn't like their chemistry. I wasn't really into that. Um, I just yeah. It, is, is this the one Tom Green's in? Yes. Yeah. The great Tom Green. Tom Green yeah. now. Yeah, there's a lot of problems with this movie. So yeah, I mean, half star. I mean, I haven't seen it in a while. Maybe it might go up a little bit, but uh, yeah, this this isn't very good. Uh, Thirteen going on thirty. Yeah, it, uh, Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo. The reason I don't like it, I never like Mark Ruffalo as a romantic lead. And Jennifer Garner, I I feel like she's supposed to be playing like you watch Big and Tom Hanks nails a thirteen year old, a thirty year old body. You watch this, it's like she's supposed to be a thirteen year old, but she's acting like she's four. And it gets really obnoxious. She's not acting like a thirteen-year-old at all. She's acting like a, like a toddler, and um, I, that just really sucks me out of it. Uh, so I am not not a fan of this one at all. Um, and then um, Magnolia. Uh, this is another one I've talked about a lot, and the way the panels are shaped over top one hundred, I will probably be talking about it again. But um, yeah, it's not good. It's too long. Uh, Julianne uh, Moore gives one of the worst performances I've ever seen. It's like Razzie level. It's so bad. Uh, Tom Cruise, I do not understand the love for his performance. He's just Tom Cruise, and then he cries at the end. Um, the song is just completely sucked me out of it. I thought I was laughing at it. Um, and then the ending, like, I didn't realize until like the next day I thought about it. I'm like, wow, they didn't resolve any of those storylines. Because that's how much I didn't care by the end. It just didn't matter to me. As long as those people were off the screen, I was happy. Um, this is not um, a good movie. Uh, so that gets us through the 10 through 8. Uh, this where you know, it gets fun. Everybody's going to get a chance to comment. And we're going to come back to Andrew. Uh, we'll start with you with your number 7. So I kind of lied earlier when I said that uh, my list is entirely made up of movies. And I'm surprised that Kirk doesn't like. Um, Mainly because there's one movie there wouldn't it wouldn't be a Andrew Kirk like head to head if I didn't bring up what card the Dewey Cox story at one and a half stars. Kirk's just mad because I won't build him a house made of candy, and he also needs more blankets and less blankets. Like, look, two and a half stars maybe three stars okay one and a half stars is a little insane because this movie is actually genuinely really funny and the music is actually really good um I, you could point to all of the scenes that tim meadows is in and you never bought us drugs not even once uh, <laughs> i've honestly it's just the sheer amount of fun and joy that the cast is having uh, with the format that they're using. It's just kind of infectious. Uh, and once again, the music, actually pretty dope. So, Kirk, you're insane. And uh, you have... You know who else has hands? The devil. Hey, hey guys, you want to hear something really funny? Something hilarious? <laughs> Walk the Line exists. Isn't and that Ray. so funny? And that's so funny that we're going to make a two-hour movie where that's the only joke is that Walk the Line exists. That is not the only joke. This movie is just everything wrong with parody. It's so bad. It just, just the same dumb jokes on repeat. Those cameos of like all the famous people where they just say their names. Like it's funny maybe the first time. 
after like literally a dozen times, that's I mean, it really gets tired. Um, yeah, this Tim Meadows, you brought up Tim Meadows, the only saving grace in this movie. He is fantastic. Uh, I love him in this movie. That guy should have a bigger career and get a lot more credit for what he does. Uh, but otherwise, this movie is complete and utter garbage. Uh, everybody else uh, on uh, Walk Hard, Dude Cox Story. Uh, tight. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't. I don't want to agree too much with Kirk here, but like, I, I really like Tim Meadows in this movie, and. Like I don't know, that's it. Like I just I, I saw it when I was a teenager. I think peak time for me to really like it, and I never wanted to see it again. But Tim Meadows is great. Always get out of here. You don't want none of this. Uh, I haven't seen the movie. Mm. Kathy, you seen this one? I have, and I don't like it. Um, took the wrong panel for this. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, the scene right at the beginning with like, you know, the tragedy at the beginning, like I could barely get through that. And I'm just not that type of comedy. just does not appeal to me at all. And it was a pretty bad case. We get someone getting cut in comedy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, but I'm sorry, just like Mark said, I, I hate to agree, but, um, I really sorry. did not like this movie. I didn't enjoy it at all. So sorry. All mm. right. Andrew, what is your number six? My number six is, uh, you have this at two stars and I genuinely think if you watch this again now, considering how well it's aged, like how incredibly well it's aged, I think you might find a lot more in it. Uh, it's the Truman Show. That's in the same area. You have this as well? Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll go. What, what do you have? I have a seven. All right. Well, uh, Andrew, go and then Jake. Okay. So the way that like the structure of the story combined with like how kind of ahead of its time it was is really really good um i think that it's a story that could easily fall apart if it wasn't for the great direction um and jim carrey this i think he's doing a really great job of like balancing that wacky like mugging kind of style that he normally was known for with the more like realistic dramatic humanistic side to him uh, and Ed Harris in this movie is great as this guy who ultimately is just, like, seeing everything that he built, like, fall apart. But then you realize that what he built is pretty much the incarceration of a human being's entire life. Um, just to project it to the world and make money off of it. Uh, so I think that if you watch this again, Kirk, I think you might find a lot in it that you didn't see the last time. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I would just add that I think it just really captures Jim Carrey as like an actor from just all sorts of range of his um, performances. Like, it's not the best Jim Carrey performance, but it is the best Jim Carrey movie. Uh, his best performance clearly is the Riddler in Batman Forever. You're uh, um, that was a joke. I just want to. I know it is still. <laughs> but um, I just think what what really captures. It's just kind of the innocence. Like, can you manufacture innocence 
for for TV, people to watch. And even though, you know, the world can be shitty sometimes, it's real. It's reality. And I think that's kind of what the message of the, of the, what the film is. Like, it's sincere and it's, it's themed. And I really just like the whole concept of it. Um, it was written by Andrew Nichol, who, who became a director and made some okay and some shit movies. But directed by Peter Weir, who's an Aussie. i got to stand for my Aussie directors. Um, and he just really captures just what, like, a reality television show would be if, it was ever a concept that became real. And I just like the whole idea that it doesn't tell you exactly what it is at the beginning. You kind of put the pieces together. And I think I really like that. And also that ending is so like sincere and beautiful. Yeah. His bow and just so many great visuals. I think it's, yeah, a really one well, that will send it this time. Yeah. Um, I saw this when it first came out. And for me, it just kind of came and went. It was inoffensive to me. Um, I didn't mind it, but it didn't really capture my imagination. And that's honestly, that's what my, my two store. Uh, ratings are basically uh, inoffensive movies that I didn't love. Uh, so you, you might be right, Andrew, that uh, this is something I could go back to and it may improve. Uh, but it just, like I said, it was one of those things where, like, I saw it and I didn't hear, like, even you know, hear anything about it or talk about it for years. And then, like, when I started like getting more into film and film communities, I hear all these people hyping it up. I'm like, wow, that's not the movie I remember. So, Andrew, maybe you're right. Maybe I'll give this one another shot and see what happens. Can can we please clip that? And save that for like future episodes. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Mark and Kathy on the Tribute Show. Uh, it's been like twenty years since I've seen it. Uh, I, I've probably seen the Boy Meets World episode where they parried it. More, more recent. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I can't really talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time for me as well, but it was just okay. Like. I think someone in the chat called it meh. Was it Brian Michaels or was that a different movie? Probably Brian Michaels. I don't know. But oh. yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, there it is. So, yep. Brian. Uh, all right, Andrew, <laughs> what is your number five? My number five is um, it's a two-star movie. Uh, and it's just one that, like, the moment I read that you had it at two stars, I was like, Kirk has this at two stars? Uh, it's no country for old men. That's a yikes. And you have that oh, further okay, head. Cool. You have that further head mark. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Andrew, go ahead and your uh, number four. Um. So I rewatched this movie as well recently, and for you to have it at one star is quite possibly um, grounds to put you into a mental ward. Wait. Uh, Ocean's Eleven, two thousand one. Sorry to interrupt, but aren't we supposed to do just? No, no, we do. Yeah, we're at four. Yeah, we go down to four. Not, not. We're doing all. Five. We're doing all Andrews now. Yeah, and then four. We'll, yeah, yeah. We go down to those four, and then we'll go to the next person. Uh, I got the same range. And uh, yes, Rue. Oh, you have it in the same range. Cool. Where do you have it? I said two thousand one. Okay, so okay, so uh, Andrew, go and then Mark. Two thousand one's Ocean's Eleven. Yes, the one with George Clooney and Brad Pitt and all them. Uh, look, Kirk. You may you may want to hold hands in between Dino and Frank Sinatra, but you may like you guys can sing Kumbaya all you want. It probably will sound amazing. But let's be honest. Ocean's Eleven 2001 is better than the original version by leaps and bounds. 
the way that it's tightly edited, Soderbergh's direction of this, the charisma of just all of the actors and like the chemistry that they have is so smooth and effortless that it's just really impressive to watch. Like if you have this at like three and a half, I can understand that. That's fine. But like just seeing everything get pieced together and especially that ending with Andy Garcia on the phone, it's so well done and it's so good that honestly having it at one star is kind of insane. One star. That's the concept of the episode, Andrew. Uh, Mark, what do you got on Nations 11? Uh, yeah, I'll echo a lot of what Andrew's saying. One star. That I don't. I it makes no sense. I don't get it. Like, do, do you hate fun? I mean, you might. I think that's why we're here. But like, but yeah, like I, I mean, I try to watch the original Ocean's Eleven, and I fell asleep both times. Like, it's it. This is like the perfect movie to remake. Because, like, that original was just god-awful. And, like, Soderbergh makes probably one of the tightest movies, like, ever. Like, there's just not, like, any wasted space. Like, we spend, like, the right amount of time getting the crew together, right amount of time setting it up. And then we just kind of move flawlessly into the actual heist bit. And Soderbergh just shows us, like, the perfect things at just the right time. Like yeah, and it and it has everybody in that cast at the right amount of time, like at the apex of their career, like Brad Pitt and Clooney and all of them. Yeah, it and plus that it's just super goddamn fun. Like I, like I uh, probably other than one other thing I have on my list, I don't know if I have a more rewatchable movie than Ocean's Eleven. Uh, yeah, this is another one I haven't seen in a while. Uh, my problem with this, like yeah, I do like the original, and I'm just a Rat Pack fan in general. And it's technically not a great movie. The remake is technically a better movie. Uh, but the original... The, the, <laughs> what do you have the original rated? The original is... That's part of its charm because like nobody cared about making a good movie. Like It, was just, it just came together organically. It was them hanging out having this, this group of guys hanging out, having fun. And the movie was it, like Boatman said, it's like an afterthought. And that's, like I said, that's the charm of it. Uh, my problem with this Ocean's Eleven is like, they're trying to, it's like a Hollywood trying to manufacture that and recreate that artificially. And I feel like a lot of like that, like that cool in this movie is just like them trying so hard to get that across. I don't think you have uh, between, besides the three leads, um, I don't think you have a lot of that natural chemistry uh, with these characters and these actors. Uh, so again, this is another one where if I rewatch it now, it may go up a little bit, um, but it's never going to be better than the original to be. Uh, Jake and Kathy on Ocean's Love. Uh, I think this is one of the quintessential Hollywood blockbusters of the 2000s. Like when you think of what Hollywood can do with the, with the stars and the, the the budget of movies and how big they can be, this is everything going towards a singular uh, like reason. Like it just it is perfect in its execution, in editing, style, charisma, performances, direction. It just it's like I wanted I really wanted to put this on the list, but there were so many great movies that I had to take a couple out and put some ones that I thought would definitely be more for this list, at least for me personally. I think this is a fantastic movie. Uh, this is one of the best Hollywood movies you could watch and just be like, yeah, this is what Hollywood can do. 
And Gabby? I agree with everyone. I think this is a great movie. I, Everything Jake said, everything Mark said, everything Andrew said. The actors are fantastic. I just, I love the story. It was a great choice to do like a remake. Um, like, and you're saying that it was manufactured cool or something like that. Kirk, you're really cool, baby. You should recognize it. They look cool. They did a great job being cool. Like they were supposed to. The movie looks cool. The acting is cool. The characters are cool. The, the costumes are cool. Everything's cool. So I don't know what you're talking about. Love you. Cool. Um, I just want to call Coho. Put up Joseph's last comment. The, yeah, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Look at I that. It's not a great movie. And I then look at the one star that this one got. A great movie. Um, I want to call out Nico for having seen Ocean's Eight, but not Ocean's Eleven. I mean, that's a day. I didn't want to be. Nick, Nico is is uh, Nazario's dad showing you these movies. How, 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 that's just wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so that was your number four, right, Andrew? Yep. Okay, we're going over to Mark for your uh, for your seven. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, my seven is um, a two star review from you. Is a uh, Friday Night Lights. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I get like uh, I, I mean like uh, I think like some of you guys know. Grew up in Texas. Uh. Grew up in a small town, Texas. Played high school football in Texas. So this movie kind of spoke to me at a very early age. Uh, I'll be honest, it, I was really close to putting Varsity Blues also up here, but you know, I decided you know to stick with uh, the I guess the technically better movie of Friday Night Lights. Uh, I, I think that like I think what's really neat about this movie I think is how I I, I think is how somewhat truthful it is. Just at least from my experience. Just being there, like, just it is true. Like, people like treat you differently when they know you're on the team, and you always have like these fucking old guys, like, who were on good teams, like, try to give you like advice or some shit. And then just like thinking that they know better, go talk to the coach. Like, there's just a lot of just neat stuff in there that I think act like you would be shocked how true it rings. And then just a lot of like a lot of like great performances, some that we just didn't really like see some from a lot, like. Lucas Black, I, I don't know where the fuck that went. Like he was really good in one movie. Uh, Derek Luke, who's great in this as well, great Billy Bob performance. Yeah, I I just think uh, it. I just think Peter Berg like weirdly gets a lot of things right about the atmosphere of Texas high school football. Uh, my my biggest problem with this movie was the editing. The way this movie is cut just made me. I got car sick watching this movie. Um, just, just one thing after another and like going for like that music video style that was just not appealing to me at all. Um, second of all, just like the amount of like, it just fit in like every single high school, high school sports cliche. Like every character was like, Oh, he's the one who doesn't get along with his dad. And he's the one under pressure and he's the one that gets hurt. So the movie can happen. Like, Every character is just like a walking cliche. And Lucas Black, I'm sorry, is not good in this movie. Lucas Black was Lucas Black is the worst. Like the way I describe Lucas Black is like he's like the half-finished project in God's garage that he keeps promising his wife he'll eventually finish, but he's never going to. Like the guy just doesn't seem like he's all the way cooked. Like he is 
there's something missing there. Um, and yeah, he's one of the biggest weaknesses in this movie for me. Um, but yeah, I just, but mainly it's the editing. Like I said, I was 15 minutes in, I was like, rated i had to watch this for trivia and i had to stick through it but otherwise i would have uh <laughs> i would have he made me watch friday night lights um and but i had to stick through for trivia otherwise i would have checked out because i was like literally getting a headache watching it um everybody else on friday night lights well first of all i, I, was, gonna, I was gonna call out boatman in the chat saying you, that like do you need to discuss something buddy but like kirk <laughs> did like did lucas black like Kill your goldfish as a kid, like <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but I'm kind of with Kirk on this one, but I like I don't think that it's that low. I think this is more of like a three, three and a half star. Um, because the editing is really bad. It's especially like the abhorrent use of uh, hand cam. Um, it's just a little too much sometimes. Uh, so. I kind of, I'm kind of in between the two of you guys, Kathy and Jake. I have not seen this, unfortunately. Right. Kathy, Kathy, have you seen this one? No, babe. Okay, all right, uh, Mark, go on to your number six. All right, uh, number six, uh, which uh, Kirk has a one half star view for, probably one of the best modern horror movies out there is uh, The Witch. <laughs> or the bitch, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, like I like I feel like the the first time I saw this movie was just such an experience, and I think that the thing that I I keep taking away from it every time I go back to it is that you take out the fact that there's a witch after them, like it, like it's still a horror movie, like it's still like a pioneer family who is out in the wilderness and is going to die because they can't live out in the wilderness. Like, like in, I kind of love how it just quietly pokes at every single family character in there. Like it pokes at the dad because he's clearly in way over his head. Like the mom is so severely depressed because they lost their, uh, their youngest son. And like it's poking at you know the daughter like who's dealing with this guilt of losing the kid, and I just love how cerebral the movie is, where every chance it gets is just fucking with your head, and and also like that like without spoiling that that fucking ending, that that ending where like uh like where what shit am I cutting out? No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Like uh, oh yeah, all you guys are frozen. Okay. Oh. But but yeah, that ending where we, where like we see like that crazy fucking thing, like yeah, I just, uh, I, I I can't say like I can't just keep talking about how much I love this movie. I just fucking love the witch. Okay, um, the the witch. There's a lot of good things. A lot of things I like about this movie. Um, it's very atmospheric because it's a very good looking movie. I like the field. Hold on, bar. I'm getting there. It's a film nuts. <laughs> Relax. We got all night, buddy. You got somewhere to be? Just take it easy. Um, Tempest it, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, there's. I mean, I like the performances. I like the way it looks. It's 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 shot beautifully. Um, my my biggest problem uh, with this, my only honestly, my only problem with Dixon is the ending. 
And I'm going to spoil the witch here for everybody. So, like, if you haven't seen it and you want to uh, check out for like the next 15 seconds, because I can't talk about why I don't like this movie without talking about the ending. Um, the going into the ending, you know, she's with the goat and everything, and I'm like, oh, she's gonna she's gonna sign up and then she's gonna infiltrate and take over. It's like, no, she just joins them. And like to me, it's like it's yeah. I mean, I understand it's all about like her like coming out from under the impression of her 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 parents' religion and her sexual freedom and all that. But those people ate your baby brother, and you're just gonna go join them now. And you know, and they killed your other siblings too, and you're cool with that. I guess you're just gonna go eat babies now too. Um, I'm okay. Like I'm fine with downer endings. Like I can enjoy a good downer ending, but that one just stuck with me. I'm like, oh, and that killed the whole movie for me. So that's honestly the only reason why I have this movie rated so low. Um, otherwise, it'd probably be like star and a half higher at least, because like I said, there's a lot of great things about it. But that ending just destroyed the whole movie for me. Everybody else in the witch. Um, I will say I have I have seen this one. Um, I I totally can understand why Kirk wouldn't have it higher than two stars. Um, it just not it just kind of it's it's different type of horror, and for a lot of people, they can definitely be like really slow burning. And I'm not saying that I don't I hate the movie. I'm not as strong as a lot of other people. I'm kind of with Boat on this one, in which slightly, just ever so slightly overrated. Um, I prefer the Lighthouse and what it tries to do, um, but. The Witch is just, I mean, fantastic production design, fantastic performances, but there's just nothing else really for me in that film. And it's a horror film, but I don't really feel the, uh, I don't know, the, the horrors, the scary features. That re- and it just doesn't really shape me as as some of like other horror films do. Um, I think it's decent, but um, not something that I would watch again. So I've never seen it. But when Kirk goes, there's a lot to like about this movie. One and a half stars. Just like, <laughs> even if the ending is that bad to you, for you to say, there's a lot to like about this movie. But fuck it. One and a half stars. It's just like, God damn it, Kirk. Yeah, I know you haven't seen this one, so we can move on. I- <laughs> I, do, I, want, I want to say one quick thing just about the yeah. ending. Because I, mm-hmm. I do want to just say, want to argue for the ending real quick is, at least as far as her, she's concerned, I don't know what else she's, she's supposed to do. She either stays there and dies, goes back to the pioneer, like goes back to the pioneer colony. They think she's a witch and then dies, or she goes with the witch people and impossibly lives. And she makes a deal also with her- the thing. Well. Yeah, I, I get that, but because of what happened and what they had done, I just I stopped like I stopped caring if she lives or dies at that point. I, I'm 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 off board with the character at that point. Um, but I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, all right, uh, that was your uh, six, which number five? Yeah, uh, we talked about already. It was uh, okay. Ocean's Eleven. All right. And uh, my, my four uh, was your uh, – you gave a two-star review, which was A Few Good Men. Uh, oh, yeah. my God. Uh, really? And, and, you, and you have yeah. that higher, Andrew? Okay. Yeah, I have that higher. Okay. All right. Okay, so that's your number four. So, uh, Kathy, we'll come over to you for your number seven. Okay. <clears throat> My number seven is Billy Madison. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do I, do I keep saying my number? No, th- not at this point. You just you just do you just do your number seven. We'll go through that, and then we'll hit the next one. So go ahead and. Okay. So talk about mm-hmm. it. Okay. I want. 
the multiplex. All the trivia people to know that this man quotes this movie almost every day. We're talking about, are you going to the mall today? You're in big trouble, whatever it is. Um, stop looking at me, Swan. Um, what else? I mean, there's so many. Oh, today, Junior. Um, the one about the tit, like accident, mistake, tit from the bus. He loves that. Um, like quotes it every day, all the time. I do too. I love this movie. He loves this movie. He talks about Eric the villain. Um, like he quotes it all the time. How are you going to have it at two stars when you quote it all the time? Like. You know this movie. Like, it's a fantastic movie. Adam Sandler, great comedy. Um, like, it's just fun. That big stupid penguin when he's drunk. Oh, my gosh. The trivia game at the end, the, like, school thing. Um, like, fantastic. Like, it's just a really funny, silly, quirky comedy that I just... I mean, he loves this movie. He quotes it every day. Like, there are probably more quotes that I'm just forgetting right now. Oh, um, oh the flaming God. poop. He talks about that all the time. Oh, my God. He does? Woman. Like, all that. It's every day, guys. Every day he's quoting this movie. And he's going to have it at two stars? No, no. I'm mute. I'm, I'm mute. Yeah, I do. I do quote this movie a lot. She's not lied. Um, and honestly, when I saw this movie pop up and I that I have it two stars, I was surprised. Um, hold on, I'm gonna uh, plug my computer in here. But yeah, this is a. Uh, I like this movie. Uh, it's funny. It's one of those ones like it should be rated low because like objectively, it's not a good movie. There's a lot wrong with it. Um, but this was like my high school movie, and that's why. Like, I mean, probably like. One and a half percent of everything that comes out of my mouth is a Billy Madison quote. Um, there's a lot of funny stuff about it, but yeah, seriously, I think Kathy, you caught me on this one because I should have this at least half star higher. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't know why I have this at two. I think that was an oversight. Uh, I'll admit that. I'll admit when I'm wrong. It doesn't happen too often, but I'll admit it. Uh, and this is uh, this is one of them. Uh, this isn't this is not this is a good movie. This is a fun movie. <laughs> I that was kind of amazing i think i need a cigarette after that <laughs> i don't even smoke uh okay i don't like this movie personally i don't like this movie but to hear that kirk likes this movie and quotes it all the time is the greatest like reveal i've ever heard that's this is better than any shit in scooby-doo so i'm so happy that this happened uh, yeah, I'm with Andrew on that one. I mean, I, uh, got a peek behind the curtain here, but like, I don't know. I, I don't like this movie at all. Like, uh, like I was, I was about to already agree with Kirk, but then we just get the whole switcheroo. <laughs> I mean, this is, I, I mean, to me, like, this is like, this is Adam, this is who Adam Sandler would become. Billy Madison is like, okay, it makes sense why, you know, Adam Sandler made a bunch of terrible movies later, but oh, you know, whatever. 
Um, I love this movie. <laughs> I thought it was decent when I was younger, but upon like a couple of rewatches recently, I think this movie's hilarious. This movie's so funny. Um, it's interesting because I, when I get drunk, I don't see a penguin. I see Spider Man. Um, but <laughs> what I love about the movie is that it takes this absurdity and just twists it on like its head with. There are just weird musical sequences that just happen for no reason, and it's just hilarious. Like Adam Sandler dancing to the song "I'll Tumble for You" when he when his dad says, "Okay, you got to go to school every two weeks," and then you got that wonderful musical sequence at his lowest point with the with the clown that's got a hemorrhage in his head. I just there's a lot of great uh, scenes and jokes, and I think it's it's peak Sandler. Um, I think Bradley Whitford is just he's one of the best of villains in any Sandler movies. He's so funny. The scene where they're baking or they're, they're cooking, and then like he's uh, then Bradley Whitford slightly on fire, and then just cuts away, and he's just completely engulfed in flames. Is one of my favorite just like, just visual gags. It's so hilarious. I think this movie's funny. Uh, yeah. Look at the way he's chuckling right now. You got to reevaluate your life, careers, man. This is this is amazing. All right, there we go. Talk about this one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Kath, you number six. Um. Okay. Number six is the Notebook, and I tried. I tried not to have too many romances on my list because. Um, Kirk, as romantic as he is, he doesn't like romances, and I love romances. Um, but The Notebook is one of the best romances, like in movies. Um, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams um, are great actors, and um, I love the 1940s. I love the costumes. I love the cars. I just like you know the whole time period idea. Um, the scene in the pond, um, like everybody loves that scene. And then the kiss in the rain and the old people, like, I want to tell you something about Kirk. Oh, no. <laughs> he ruins movies. Like, he doesn't do spoilers, of course. Like, that's punishable by death. But he will watch a movie, like, last night, and he'll be like, that's the villain or this is going to happen like predictions. And it's like, even if you think that's true, you should be quiet because maybe it's true. And then I can enjoy the anticipation or the journey of the movie because you just gave like your idea. So hello, like that's not fair. You support cinematic experience. You love movies so much. And then you do that. It's not okay. Okay. So the old people thing is great. The frame story, the story within a story. I love that. Um, and how, like, I love old people and how their their love stands the test of time. And, you know, it's, it's to show, like, to believe in your love. And it's the classic story, you know, um, of a boy from the wrong side of the tracks. Um, and, yeah, I just love it. I think that it has a lot of great things. And I don't think it deserves two stars. I mean, it like I say, it's hard because he doesn't like romances. Um, but I think for a romance, like it's got quality acting and quality costumes and all kinds of great things. Um, 
so this is one I think it was more about like being one of my favorites more than objectively objectively like I was upset because he gave it two stars so yeah, I think this is one of the movies we've disagreed with on the most. Um, great, gr- uh, great acting. I don't know uh, where that's coming from. Uh, Ryan Gosling would become a great actor. He was not one of this movie. Uh, he mumbles his way through the entire film. It's god awful. His, his 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 performance in this movie is just hard to watch. Uh, Rachel McAdams isn't much better. The uh, the whole movie it's just so cheesy and just so trite. Um, the whole love story it's just so like. I don't like to feel manipulated when I'm watching the movie, and I feel very manipulated when I'm watching this movie because it's just so bleh. Um, the one thing that I hate the most about this movie is that it is directed by uh, Nick uh, Cassavetes, son of John Cassavetes. <laughs> I need and to bring that up. This is the most anti-John Cassavetes movie ever, and he's probably spinning over in his grave that his son made something like this. <laughs> Not only that, he put his mother, John's widow... Uh, Gina Rowlands, uh, one of the most underrated, unappreciated actresses of her generation in this movie and had her sit in an Alzheimer-induced stupor the entire time while we had to watch the rest of this cast act. Um, so yeah, this I have a lot of problems with this movie. It's not good. Uh, everybody else in the notebook. I haven't seen it! Don't. Pass. I haven't seen it. <laughs> But if I was going to watch a movie with two people kissing the ring, I'm going to watch that one movie that NJ is clearly going to be. Give about. me that money, baby! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kath, uh, you're number five. Okay. So I feel really bad because it's another romance. Um... And I actually, fun story, I took this off my list and put a different movie because I was worried about being made fun of. And um, Coho and Kirk encouraged me just to be authentic and put it back on my list. So I'm really, I'm realizing there's probably going to be a lot of uh, criticism and making fun, but I can handle it. I'm married to Kirk. So um my number five Damn. is twilight <laughs> so i love this movie and i am not ashamed to say it um <laughs> i was i'm a i'm a book lover i was an ela teacher for almost 20 years and i think that just like harry potter yes paramore great soundtracks all the movies have great soundtracks. Yes, Andrew. Yes. Okay. And, um, but, um, I was an ELA teacher for almost 20 years and I feel like just like Harry Potter, it caused a revival in reading among young people, which was fantastic. And I tried to get Kirk to read them because he's a reader and he has a degree in English and writing too. And he did, he was very upset by the writing, but I think that the books are great. Um, Case do Kristen Stewart is trash. She is horrible. There is a scene in this movie that I can't watch. And I watch bad movies. I like these movies. Well, Kirk tells me I like bad movies. And I try to tell him that people have opinions and he's very condescending and tells people like, no, they're objectively bad. And I try to tell him that people can have 
opinions and feel differently than him, but he doesn't look at it that way. But anyway, <laughs> I agree objectively that Stewart is terrible. Um, but I think the visuals are good. And um, I think it's kind of ridiculous, like the ideas of the sparkling vampire. I mean, I am down to earth enough to realize that. Um, but I love the romance. Rob Pattinson, Rob Pattinson is a great movie or a great actor, as much as Kirk will say. Um, but yeah, so Twilight. I don't want to say too much about it because, like I said, I took it off my list at first, and I know how y'all feel about it. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, after 15 pages, the book might get really good, but that's as far as I was able to make it. Um, <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, the, this movie is, is just trash. Uh, it's really, really, really bad. Like I, I kind of respect it as like an experimental film where they were like, I like to think that they're like, let's make a movie and make every wrong possible decision along the way and see what happens because that's what they do everything is wrong the script the <laughs> casting the cinematography the direction everything is wrong they did not get one thing right the soundtrack isn't bad i'll give you the soundtrack but other than that nothing is done right in this movie there it just looks cheap it looks ugly um it just the the cast again pattinson went on another example someone who went on to become a great actor not great in this he's the best in this um but because he's up against two of the worst performances I've ever seen. Um, Kristen Stewart is napping through this movie. Like she is putting zero effort into it. Um, and she, it, it just, it's really, really bad. Um, yeah. Everything just, like I said, just every line of dialogue is terrible. Every plot point is just bad. Like it's just so wrong on so many levels. It's terrible. Um, so everybody else guys, she's my wife. You have to take it easy on her. Uh, but she did say all those nice things about Twilight, so walk that tightrope however you see fit. Well, I mean, can I just say that I didn't really feel like I heard any positives from Kathy about Twilight. But I will say, yeah, this is what the best thing you can say about Twilight is that it's the best Twilight of the franchise. The rest are terrible. Um, I like Catherine Hardwick as a director. I I don't think this is a great movie. I think it's okay. It's decent in aspects, but it is not good. And I think this is what started a lot of the memes of Twilight. And you just, yeah, Kirsten Dunst is just a mouth breather in the entire movie. Um, and I don't like Tyler Lautner. Oh, no! concept is done the concept <laughs> is over sorry we've been studying KD for a while um, <laughs> Jake's about to sleep on two couches <laughs> 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 I'm she's not good in this movie um, oh my god I'm just gonna stop because that's how I, I fucked up shit I'm sorry Michael I didn't mean it <laughs> clip it clip that shit after you um, yeah, uh, yeah, Jake, uh, stole, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jake stole the lie I was about to say. I mean, it's the best, it's the best Twilight movie. Uh, I mean, I, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> like, it's uh, like, I don't know, it's not good. Uh, but I just, there's, I don't know, there's not really much I can go back. I don't even really like the performances in this movie. It's just, it's to, it's just kind of this thing 
that what what's funny is I think at the end of the day there'll probably be at least two Academy Award winners that have come from the Twilight series, and everybody's gonna look back. Hey, this is this thing that we did way back then, and we got paid. That was nice. Yeah, I haven't seen any of these, but um, Kathy's right about the music. Uh, Decode slaps. So check out check out the uh, the soundtrack instead. There he <laughs> is. There he is. <laughs> All right, Kathy, let's move on to your number four. I don't understand Michael, but okay. Community joke, but I don't know. Okay. Oh, that I didn't hear what Jake said. About I accidentally said Kirsten Dunst. I meant Kirsten, Kirsten Stewart, and Michael is the biggest Kirsten Dunst fan. Oh, okay, okay. He's also my partner and my good friend. <laughs> I get it. Not anymore. Okay, sorry, I missed it. I get that. Though. Okay, so I'm I'm doing my number four. Okay, my number four is the Last Jedi. Yeah! What? Yes. Yes. Okay, so I just start talking, right? I'm sorry, I'm I'm new to this. So, okay, um, the last Jedi is definitely not a two-star movie. Okay, um, I like so much about it. It does have a slow start. But Laura Dern is fantastic in this movie. Um, she is just, the depth to her acting and her character is fantastic. Kirk is actually a big Laura Dern, Dern fan. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I love Kylo Ren and Rey. Um, what else? Oh, Luke and Yoda. Like that whole comeback thing. Um, I love how overdramatic Kylo Ren is. I know there's a lot of like talk about that and memes and different things, but I'm a big Adam Driver fan. Um, what If is a great movie. Um, and just Adam Driver, The Marriage Story, I just love him. And he's even great as Kylo Ren. And a lot of people say stuff about his character, but he's great. So um, just there's so much great. The casino scene, um, Kirk had a lot of bad things to say about the casino scene, but I thought the casino scene was actually kind of cool. Like, um, as far as what Star Wars does best um, with like the races in Star Wars and the different, you know, species and aliens and all that different stuff. Like I thought that was cool. Um, so I feel like there was a lot of good stuff in The Last Jedi. Definitely not worth two stars. And I would like in conclusion to say that the scene with Kylo Ren and Rey and the guards Okay, like how amazing is that scene? So amazing that there have been how many YouTube videos made with countless different songs put behind that scene. And guess who watched almost all of them? Kirk Joseph Kolakowski. Oh my gosh, this one fits perfect. This music fits perfect in this scene. Check this one out, baby. Like, he loved that. Kylo Run and Ray and that battle scene with the guards. 
he loved it so much. We watched it so many times with all these different songs behind it. Yet he gave it two stars. No, baby. No, hun. No, Mr. Guy. Like, it makes no <laughs> sense that you gave it two stars and then Whoa. spent hours watching that scene with a different song behind it. And it just has a lot to offer. I really subverted my expectations with uh, <laughs> this yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, just just because just because I, I i like the memes doesn't mean i have to like the movie i mean some of the best memes come from the worst movies um yeah i'm i i I'm, i've had enough of this movie i know you, you sat and rewatched it uh the other day and i was watching some of it with you the thing i realized about this is like just a little like the sound design isn't good it's ugly like the scenes on the ship on uh leia's ship look like uh Star Trek 09, like everything just over like overexposed and shiny. Um, it's just not a good looking movie. And yeah, it just like it's I mean, it's uh <laughs> it's it's not a Star Wars jaw. I've said this a million times. Uh is is Nick I think Nick's here. Uh it's not a Star Wars jobs uh, Star Wars movie's job to tell me all the reasons why I shouldn't like Star Wars. Um I just hated that take on it. Um I don't care about Ryan Johnson's interpretation of Star Wars. Um he's it's just not important to me um and yeah i just i just hated the whole thing like i hate like just how he just if they had set up this from the beginning if somebody had sat down this is my problem with the whole trilogy if they had sat down and came up with an overarching story uh and this was the way they were going to go with it maybe it would have been better but the fact they just slammed on the brakes and did a 180 from uh from force awakens and then jg had to slam the brakes and do another one to go back um, the whole thing was a mess, but I really just did not like this movie at all. Everybody else, let's uh, let's check the the Kathy Kolakowski tea counter. Uh, woo, that is a lot of tea that she's just spilled. Um, this okay? So I actually really, <laughs> I actually really like this movie a lot. It's my favorite of the uh, the new trilogy. Um, I, I will say that it's probably not the technical best, but I actually really like this movie a lot, but I understand why Kirk has it as low as he does. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but Last Jedi is fucking awesome. Yeah! I, I mean, I, like, it's one, it's like, I think it's one of the few where I've had like a, just a genuinely just enjoyable time watching it. And I mean, Kirk said the thing of like, Ryan, it's not Ryan Johnson's job. Tell us why we hate star Wars. I kind of love that. This is, it, it's the first star Wars movie that tries to be more than what star Wars has been like that. You know, star Wars, like it, like it's weird that star Wars has such a huge fucking universe but everybody's looking through it through such a narrow lens. Like it, ha Star Wars has to be this one thing. And Ryan Johnson is just holding up his middle fingers the entire time, and it's fucking awesome. That's that's what I usually uh, hear. People who don't like Star Wars like this movie, and that's a problem. Jake, what do you guys uh, say about it? The, you're either two types of people. There's people who really, really don't like The Last Jedi and those who really, really like The Last Jedi. And I, I'm somewhere in the middle because there are elements that I really like about this film, really just dissecting like what, why Star Wars is kind of bland and 
you know, the, the ideas of the Jedi is fundamentally flawed and the idea, and just a lot of that stuff I, I found interesting. Um, but there's just so much stuff where I'm just like, why this isn't enjoyable or entertaining. I really don't like the stuff on Crate. Um, and then you have Luke who does his um, illusion projection thing, and it's just, and then he just dies, and he just becomes a Force Ghost. Like, just it sucked all the energy out of him. It's just, I don't know. There's just elements that I don't think work about the movie, and also just there's no consequences as far as fighting the first order. It feels like just had like endless limited limit unlimited amount of um, resources, and it just feels like there's no stakes. That I feel really. Um, play with the movie but i do like the dissection of the mythical legend of luke skywalker and and even he just admits that you don't need me like what am i going to do like i'm just going to take the whole uh, first order on my own it's, there's a lot of cool stuff about that but it's the second in a trilogy and i feel like it needed to just play with what force awakens has set up and this one just sets its own shit up and i just don't really like that it should have a singular story throughout the entire trilogy and yeah. As much as I kind of like it. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> I'm an enigma. But I feel like it should have had something that played with Force Awakens instead of trying to do its own thing as a second in a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, Kathy, that was your number four. So we are going on to Jake for your number seven. Um, my number seven was The Truman Show, which I already talked about. But number six, um, bringing it back out, let's open that band-aid. It is... You know, it's funny. Your name, is, <laughs> your name is in the title um, of this movie. Um, oh Luca. my god! Um, I would call you dumb for thinking that this is a <laughs> one and a half star movie. Right, I'm out. <laughs> Christopher Nolan has not made a bad movie ever. I'm not huge on Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises is, eh, but he's not, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what. Maybe just be quiet, Multiplex Entertainment Channel. <laughs> Talk about Baby Drive all you want, but um, here, the thing is, is that Nolan is just, he's technically a masterful director. And if you look at the way the film looks, the sound design, just the kinetic edit energy and the editing, there's just, it's a technically impressive movie. And I just don't understand how you could give it one and a half stars and think it's a bad movie when the cinematography, the music, just everything behind it, the production design. Now, I know you're going to bring up the fact that there's no quote-unquote characters, but I'd rather a film get rid of all that filler and fat and just focus on what this film's about, and that's the Dunkirk Beach um, incident of in World War II. Like, I just don't want to to have this filler bullshit that you find in, like, because if you want to watch that film with all the, like, oh, my wife's you know, back on the land, or if I get out of here, I'll be able to go back and, and see her, and I've got a kid, and then that character dies, and it's like, oh, yeah, obviously. Go watch Pearl Harbor. Go watch a generic 2000, early 2000s war film <laughs> that has that shit. You know, you, you want a Michael Bay Wolf movie? Go see that. This is Christopher Nolan. He is, a, he is you know, precise in his editing and camera work and the, the story. And what I really like is the three storylines that it focuses on. Like, Nolan loves playing with time, and you focus on... One storyline's one week, one is a day, and one is one hour, and it just, the editing, just the pacing of it just goes back and back and back, and it just, it feels so seamless. And I just think it's a, an engaging um, a war film about survival, and I think it captures that perfectly. Yeah, all, the, all, those, all that filler in film, like character and story, 
just it just filler. <laughs> it doesn't need to be there. Oh my um, God. Yeah, you think you think uh, Nolan's a technical master? You know who agrees with you? Christopher Nolan. <laughs> I mean, that's what this movie is. I've said it before. This movie is Nolan masturbating behind an IMAX camera. That's all this movie is. I mean, he is just so overwhelmed with his own talent and ability. I don't need story. I don't need character. Look what I can do. Look at this. Look, uh, it's he is so. I wa- I rewatched um, uh, Insomnia a couple months ago. And I was like, "Wow, here's a here's a story with like, it's about something. It's about a character. It has about characters. It has a point to it. Like, I wonder if he will ever get his head out of his own butt enough to make movies like this again. He is he is so into himself. It's like this. He's been getting there for a while. This movie is the peak of that. Like, he's totally just completely self absorbed. I feel like he made this movie for no one but himself. And um, it just, I, I and honestly, I the if if the last half hour is really good, I missed it because I checked out eyes on my phone because I was so incredibly <laughs> I bored. Think you read the movie and and I was, haven't lost I was I was the you know doing that. <laughs> it was so boring. It was just such such a dull movie. Um, yeah, and it, like I said, he's just so into himself, and it's yeah. Um, I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm Kirk is done with this movie. Everybody else. Uh, <laughs> After you guys, I've got to, I've got things to say. <laughs> uh, yeah this this uh, this was honestly on the short list. Uh, I'm absolutely with Jake. I, I love Dunkirk. Uh, like I, I feel like Christopher Nolan did like an like an impossible thing, and he made a great PG thirteen war movie. Like I, I don't think anybody else will even come close, especially like. I feel like he just made a great movie that is about the reality and cost of war. And I mean, you talk about like kind of the, the nothing characters, but I think what's so interesting about everybody in that movie is I, I feel like you're, they're supposed to be kind of empty because you're supposed to kind of see through their lens. Because I feel like I see myself as almost every single character in that movie. Like I see myself like as Killian Murphy's character as just the coward who just wants to leave. I could see myself as being kind of the stoic like Kenneth Branagh character who wants to save everybody, or I'm just like the like uh the uh, the Finn like a uh, oh shit getting forgetting Finn Wolfhard's character or whatever the fuck his name is character again. But I can see myself as that as that guy like who just wants to survive the war. Like I I think in plus to like. The only thing I'll say about the time thing, I think if you just don't see any Nolan movies, it's, it'll confuse the hell out of you. But I, I just it just feels like a thing he's been working towards of just kind of doing interesting work with time and movies. So I just, yeah, like I, I'm 100% with it. It, it almost made, it, it would have been like in the 10 range, but I, I really like Dunkirk. Kathy? I have not seen it. Oh, cool. Okay. So let's talk about this movie. So I think this movie's fine. I think this movie is fine. Um, I remember liking it okay when I left the theater, but I don't know where this incredible, like, groundbreaking visual sound, like, story movie is that everyone keeps telling me that it is. Like, I'm sorry, Jake. I didn't realize that character work was filler. 
I didn't realize that connecting with your with the the characters emo- on an emotional level was just fluff and filler and peanut butter inside the Reese's cup. Like, where is this incredible story? Like, Christopher Nolan's head is so far up his ass right now that he could probably see through his nostrils. Like, every time I go to see a Christopher Nolan film now, it's all about, ooh, look at the time pattern. Like, look what I'm doing with time. See how I'm messing time up? So this is nothing new for Nolan. Like, this is, I've seen this. And he's done it better. I don't get the hype for this movie. Kirk, Kirk might be right. My my score might be too high. No, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> I planned this print panel perfectly. <laughs> it's, it's going off without a hitch. <laughs> uh, Jake, what's your number five? Uh, my number five. Um, I'm. <laughs> It's, yeah, exactly. It's Vegemite. That's a that's a thing. Um, I'm shocked that you have it this low, considering what this film is. And like, uh, Coen Brothers uh, underrated. I think one of their last masterpieces. Um, a Serious Man. You gave one and a half stars, sir. What the hell, my friend? I was between this and No Country for Old Men because I wanted to really like. Um, diversify my list, and I was like, I can only pick one Coen Brothers movie. I picked this one just because it's like, I feel like there's less t- to hate about this one than the No Country, and I feel like I've talked about No Country enough that I kind of wanted to talk about this one. I think this movie is fantastic. Um, it kind of it goes into the um, the, the, uh, the Jewish uh, religion of like, Collins had grown up with, and kind of that um, that culture, and kind of just going through just kind of not necessarily the hypocrisy, but kind of just. You know, Bad karma that just that Michael Stuhlberg just deals with through the entire film. Like the sh- that shit just goes on with him at, at, at school because he's a teacher, and then his um, what happens with his wife, and then getting a divorce, and then him being alienated by his kids, and him just trying to find the answers. Just him trying to talk to God and just find out like, is this what I'm supposed to do? Like, is there a greater meaning? Am I supposed to suffer? Am I supposed to be rewarded for my suffering? And it's just something that the Collins haven't dealt with before, and it's cool to just see their kind of take on, I think it was in like the, 50, the 60s, because there's Jefferson, Jefferson Airplane music. Um, I just find it really, it's, it's kind of just, it's a black comedy in just the the irony and the, the bad karma that just happens to Michael Stuhlberg's character. And I just think it's just a really interesting religious kind of themes that the film deals with. Um, and Simon Kinberg's in it, and he's actually not bad. Like, I don't like that Big Bang, Big Bang Theory shit, and I think he's uh, just he's great in the one scene he's in. Um, and yeah, sometimes all you gotta do is just uh, when the, when the, whatever the Jefferson, somebody to love is the song. I just think that's a, the, the lyrics in the song that um, the rabbi speaks to Max Stubbins' kid in that scene, which I think really cool. So I think this is a really cool film. And uh, yeah, sometimes bad shit just happens to people for no reason. Um, I'll admit this is one I probably got to give a rewatch to. Um, first time I saw it, this is the first time I saw uh, Stahlberg in anything. I had not seen him in it. I, th- I don't know if this is probably his, I think it was like his first big, first big biggish guy. movie. Yeah. And um, I really um, didn't warm up to him in this. Um, I've seen him more since I've kind of, you know, he's a unique actor and he, you know, I kind of fi- figured out what he's doing. Um, so I think I might like that more. Uh, this is another one where the ending just bothered me. 
like it's like I'm okay with like an ambiguous ending, but it was like they it was like an, an ending at all. Like they just like we're gonna stop making the movie now, and uh, <laughs> I wasn't a fan of that. Um, yeah, but to be honest, this is one like if if I gave this one a rewatch, I, I it, it could definitely go up. Anybody else seen this one? I don't know if Andrew's just my Andrew, voice. You're, you're muted, Andrew. Hey, he's muted. Okay. You're right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jake is doing um, so, <laughs> Coho, please add this to my list. Uh, I've been wanting to see this, but I haven't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I liked it fine when I, when I ever saw it. Uh, like I, I was able to find it cheap, and I just watched it one day. That was okay. Uh, it, it's funny that I think Kirk brought up not liking the ending. I think the ending is kind of the best thing about it. It's the point like, of the movie. Yeah, like I mean, it it's kind of means nothing if it doesn't end. Like it does. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kirk, you're thinking about. <laughs> Uh, Kathy, have you seen this? All right. Okay, then we're going to go on to Jake's number four. I'm actually really excited to talk about this one because I don't think this is a five-star movie, but, like, God in hell, this is not a one-and-a-half-star movie. Um, this is Mission Impossible, the first one. <laughs> one-and-a-half stars, Mr. Kawakowski. How dare you, sir? Um <laughs> I, upon rewatching the entire Mission Impossible franchise this uh, this year, I am without confidence saying that this is my favorite of the franchise. I'm more of a fan of the, the simplicity of the of the story and what just the spy shit. Like it's just I do enjoy sometimes the the endless like over the top action scenes, especially from like Ghost Protocol and and Fallout. But this is just it's just sleek spy shit and i think that's why i like this movie a lot i really like the team dynamic it doesn't get it's not as good as as um the next installments but this one just focuses on ethan hunt uh luther and then you've got jean reno and um and john voy and it's just some great just spy shit going on and i'm gonna try and not say that as many times as i can i think also vanessa redgrave is such an interesting um I mean, she's not really the antagonist, but her character is kind of uh, on the fence. You don't know if you can trust her or not. Um, and there's also just so many, like, double and triple and quadruple crosses where you just don't know who's with who and alliances. And, and I just think the poem is just his vision and his directing style, I think, is just the best with with Mission Impossible and the, his use of Dutch angles and that whole high scene where they're trying to steal the, um, the knock list. Um, I think it's just so fantastic. You have him, high, um, you have Tom Cruise on the on the wires, and him trying to and him dry, and trying to catch his sweat. It's just all like tense, and I think De Palma just is like the best director to to make this type of movie. And I I appreciate this movie. I think it's just yeah, so much better than a one and a half star. Like I just don't understand that to be honest. The it's I saw this when it first came out, and what I can say about it is that. It it turned me off to the point where I didn't go back to the Mission Impossible franchise until like the the last movie or the movie before that. Like I just did not have interest in it. I I don't know what it was about it. 
Um, I'm not a Tom Cruise isn't my guy. Like I don't mind him. Um, you know, I just don't think he, you know, he doesn't make bad movies worse. He doesn't make good movies better. He's just there. Um, so I, again, like the, the, the pill and charm or whatever from him just wasn't there for me. And I mean, again, this is another one. Maybe I go back and revisit this and I'm going to like this. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy it. You know, I might like it better, but I just, like I said, like after this, like when Mission Impossible 2 came out, I was like, nah, I'm good. After that first one, I, I, I didn't need any more Mission Impossible. So. Um, yeah, that's just a personal take for me. Um, this is too low, but also Jake having this at five stars is too high. So it's it's, it's a good stars. movie. I like it. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's that's more fitting. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a Jay on this one. I I I really like the first Mission Impossible. Uh, I. Like Mission Impossible in general, I think is just probably one of the most underrated franchises just out there. Like it, it like, and I, I think what's cool about going back to the first Mission Impossible, they inadvertently made a really awesome like uh, origin story for Ethan Hunt. Like it, like everything that like is cool that is built on in the sequels is right there in that original. Just kind of seeing this guy like who's in this impo like. Don't mean to make a pun there. Impossible situation, <laughs> and like just try, try, try to get out of it. Like, but no, I, this and it also really is a perfect role for Tom Cruise. He just like just unloads charisma into like into this character, and it it is just insanely rewatchable. Like a uh, and like I, I'm I'm really glad that like those sequels kind of just invigorated my love for this franchise in general, just because like that that first one just is. A real all timer, and yeah, like a, uh, think um, is it Joseph said that too that Knockless high scene is an all timer. It's, it's great, yeah, one of the best. Yeah, have you seen this one? Yes, I did. Um, I thought it was okay. I think two. What is it? One and a half stars. He had. Yeah, that's great. Definitely low, but not like four or five stars. So, like Andrew said, and like. I mean, it was entertaining, but it wasn't anything fantastic. So, All right. Okay, that brings us to the top threes. And, Andrew, we're going to come back to you for your number three. <clears throat> Have we talked about how much Kirk hates joy? <laughs> because I don't think... Let me look at the transcript. Um, I guess we have um, 174 times now. We have? All right. Thank you, Jake. I appreciate you looking that over for me. Uh, I lost my copy. Um... Yeah, but Kirk hates joy, uh, and apparently he also doesn't like the sound of music. I mean, uh, I mean singing in the rain. <laughs> I thought the only one. <laughs> yeah, um, Kirk, who hurt you? I want a name because I want to avenge you. I want, I want to kill whoever stole your joy, so it'll like just seeps back into your body. Like, I don't. Okay, everyone in this movie is just so great. Like, the performances are just so fantastic. The color and like the cinematography of this is. What's the high stepping like? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that hurt. That hurt, Co-op, or whoever is running this. Um, but, like, Debbie Reynolds and 
like everyone in that movie are just so wonderful. Le- the character of Lena Lamont is what just one of the best comedic villains of all time. Like she's just kind of a bitch, but like, <laughs> but the songs are so great. That one scene with, um, with uh Sid Cerise and Gene Kelly, that one dance scene is just so beautiful to look at, and just the make them laugh scene and Moses supposes and just all of these scenes that are just such a joy to watch. Like that pure energy is so enriching and just Kirk, I want to give you a hug so bad. Like you you seem to not ugh I'm so upset at you. Um, I had to watch this movie in college for a film class and I was just, I don't honestly don't remember a whole lot about it. I just remember being incredibly bored and maybe it was exciting. This is honestly, I won't lie to you. This is what I want to go back and rewatch and see how, how I feel about it now. Cause it has been a while, but I just remember that. And again, this is one where the hype comes in. We're like, Oh, it's singing in the rain. Greatest musical ever, blah, blah, blah. And then you watch it and, that that plays a, a role in your you know this movie really, um, so I'd like to go back and I haven't seen it you know in a long time, um, so maybe maybe I can adjust my score maybe I'll do better maybe I'll get a little more of that joy pumped back into me, uh, but this is uh, good, uh, but yeah that's I just like I said that's that's the one thing I remember about this movie being really boring. Uh, everybody <laughs> else on Singing in the Rain, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I haven't seen this movie since I was like six or seven. Um, yeah, I just I remember charming elements, um, and they try to film, and then they just don't know where to put how to do it with the sound, and then the the actress is just like going left to right, and just not getting the audio. Um, and then the music's like timeless and classic, and everybody knows of singing the rain and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's just been too long since I've uh, seen it, so I should probably give it a rewatch. Gabby. I like it. Okay. Um, I like the music. I like the dancing. I like it just fine. Um, I think that it probably should be a little higher. Um, Kirk likes to talk about like the pioneers of movies and like people that were the first and like, you know, groundbreaking things that are done in movies. So you think he would give a little more rating because of that. Um, so yeah, definitely should be higher, Andrew. Thank you. All right. Uh, Mark, what's your number three? Um, very interested to see how this one's going to play. Uh, uh, again, another two-star review. Uh, my number three is Up. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I rewatched this movie today, and it still, it still gets me every single time. Uh, I... I, I remember watching it was I think it was one of the very first movies I think I saw on streaming uh and like back when like streaming wasn't really a thing so I watched it in like my mom's office computer at our house and just imagine me sitting there in front of a computer screen 9:30 just crying my eyes out like what's going on I mean just it is like just peak Pixar just emotional grabbing stuff I, I think also, what just really, what I think the thing that I don't get, I think so far, I'm not sure how Kirk feels about this movie. He'll definitely tell us. 
but I know like the main <laughs> criticism that I hear a lot is how this movie's only to like the first 10 minutes is only good. And it just, it's weird every time I hear that just because it's like everybody just close their eyes for the second, for like the rest of the 80 minutes. And like, they pretend that the rest of it isn't emotionally engaging. Like when he's looking through the adventure book again, and he's realizing he didn't fail his wife, which is great. And when he pins that bid, uh, that uh, Ellie badge on Russell, like it, it, it's just fucking awesome. Like, and it's, and it's uh, probably got uh, Pete Doctor, probably the one of the most underrated animated directors out there. So every time he he's up something, he just directs a masterpiece. Like it's up is great. And I guess we, uh, I I would just like to know why Kirk just thinks it's so so. Um, yeah, I describe. I think I described this movie perfectly. It is the greatest Pixar short ever, followed by an incredibly mediocre Pixar movie. Um, I know in this community we study movies and we pour over them so everybody can name you all the characters. But if you talk to Normie out on the street and you ask them about Up, the only thing they're going to talk about is that first ten minutes. That's all because that, that's all people strike. And if they if they close if they close their eyes for the next eighty mark, it's because the movie's so boring. Um, it's just it's not it's it's it. I don't care about the old man. I don't care about the kid. Um, I mean, it's yeah, it's emotional in a cartoony way, but it never hits that high that you get that beginning again. Um, yeah, this is just to me another forgettable, overrated Pixar movie. Um, yeah, after that, after that opening, this could be like a mid two thousand DreamWorks movie. I mean, that's that's like the level of that. It's not. It's it's it's, it's a snoozer. Um, <laughs> uh, everybody else on up. Don't go first. All right, fine. Um, I really like this movie a lot. Um, I think that the, the chemistry between the two leads is really good. It's really kind of, um, well-developed. Uh, I, I really like Carl Fredrickson just in general, like, especially his character design, I think it's just really unique. Um, and honestly, you know what, Kirk? I think I discovered what's wrong. You need a Doug in your life. You need that dog that's just going to sit there and look at you and go, I love you, and like literally verbally say that to you. Is he there, Kathy? Is he there? That's what you need. <laughs> Take notes, Kathy. Take notes. <laughs> um, I, I think she has that dog in the room with her. <laughs> what about them? Is the dog there with you? Andrew said, I need yeah. a dog. I need a dog that loves me. <laughs> <laughs> Mayo loves you. I know. Parkin loves you too. <laughs> See, the Andrew. Dogs, the See, Andrew dogs doesn't help. Him. He hates them. <laughs> <laughs> they love him so much. Uh, See, Andrew, the, the, the love of a dog isn't going to help me. <laughs> he talks about killing them all the time. <laughs> okay, um, let's <laughs> check that tea counter again. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> oh no! Um, okay, Kirk, you better go help. Um, so, oh, yep. hi. Just oh. uh, don't mind me. Hi. Good. Um, just, okay. Did, did, everybody, did everybody talk about up? Um, I just, yeah. I, um, I'll say that there were so there were a few Pixar films, and kind of with what I did with. Um, with Coen Brothers, I didn't want to put too many Pixar, so I picked one Pixar movie, and I will get to it. But 
Hopkins is just, I think, fantastic. One of Pixar's best. I think it's, in my opinion, it's that last masterpiece, last great Pixar film, and we can have this discussion with Pixar another day. But I do think that Up is a, a fantastic movie. Um, yeah, I think the relationships and I think between Carl and uh, and Russell, I think is really nice. Like the father and son relationship that they never really got to experience. Um, Ellie is just a she's just the best when she's young and when she's old. It's just you feel the sense of the childhood wonder throughout the entire the whole sequence in the movie. Yes, the ten minutes is great, and then it doesn't get as good as the the, the ten minutes. But I still think that it is a good movie. Regardless, if you think that it only peaks in ten minutes and doesn't get that good, yeah. I also just love that last shot. The last shot is just just beautiful. Yes, you haven't seen this one yet, right? No. Okay. All right. Well, then go ahead and give us your number three. Oh, me? Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I have all these distractions. The dogs. <laughs> okay. So I really like. Um, my number three and my number one because they combine the two things that I talked about at the beginning where they're movies that I love but they're also um, objectively good movies that should they deserve higher marks and my number three is Titanic so <clears throat> this is based on a true story as everyone knows and the story is just fascinating on its own. I mean, it deserves a movie to be made about it because the idea of the true story is so fascinating on its own. Um, and they do a really, really, really great job um, portraying this true story. Um, there's great acting. Everybody loves Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, everybody does, yes. And you love Leonardo DiCaprio. Is this going to be another time? What? In, okay. in 2021. All right. Okay. Um, anyway. Uh, but the the set and the props, um, again, like the, the time period, I love that. Um, the costumes. Um, the special effects, the sinking scene. Um, just the... I, I just really think that, um, you know, $200 million, 11 Oscars, baby boy, 11 <laughs> okay? So, objectively, 11 Oscars. Um, and that's wins, not nominations. That's wins. Um, and um, this is a long movie, but it doesn't feel like a long movie. And so that tells you that um, it's good because I mean, there was a lot of potential for this movie to drag and it did not for me and for many others. Um, this is a classic movie. It deserved those 11 Oscars. Um, just everything was so great in this movie. So I'm going to stop. Oh, where to begin? Um, yeah, the acting. Um, Leo's great now. He was not then. Um, he was still kind of growing pains mode when he did Titanic. Man, he was a pretty face, and that was it. Um, there was good actors in this movie. He could not keep up with them. Um, he he was he was definitely a downside of this movie. 
um the effects a lot of those effects do not hold up as much as you know they were touted back then you look at them now and they look kind of bad um and the whole mo- the whole thing yeah it's a true story um the actual true story is cool the the story that we get in this is just you know it's emotional manipulation as only world-renowned hack fraud and charlatan james cameron could give us um you know it just he's pulling those strings and it just like that song the sound the 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 score is like made in a lab like how do we um, manipulate people's emotions the best how do we just push those buttons the whole movie is made that way movie making baby no that's 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 manipulation they found, um, they found the key instrument, making. the penny whistle. Exactly. And <laughs> um, it's just so, yeah, the whole thing is, it's just, it just, it's just schlocky crap. Um, it's like, it's like a perfect James Cameron movie because he just suckered everybody into thinking it was good when it wasn't. And that's, that's what that guy does best. Um, so yeah, this, this, uh, where, where'd I have this at? Two stars? You, yes. That's you would right. have so much left, left. You would have so much less to say. If you would quit basing your opinions on your bitterness about other movies. I'm bitter enough about this movie. What's everybody else have to say about Titanic? Um, you said that this one is emotionally manipulative and adds to the other fictional love story. So we do, what would you, what you're saying is that you'd rather have no character, no stories and be kind of like uncooked and just get rid of all the fat and <laughs> to make this film better and you know, more to the art, based on true story, right? I want good characters, a good story. There's somebody else talk. Um, but... <laughs> I do think this is a good movie. I don't think this is a masterpiece. I think technically it is a masterpiece. Um, but I do, I will admit, this, um, the, some of the story and some of the characters is like very much like Hollywood uh, constructed, but that's just kind of what it is. I think they needed to do that for the mass audience who went to go see this movie, and that's why it made like so much money. It became the highest grossing movie for uh, like eight, nine years. It's pretty crazy. Um, but I guess no, 12 years. Yeah, because 97, 2009. But um, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't know how you could give this two stars. Like, this is, if you gave this like three, maybe three and a half, I'd be like, okay, I get it. Uh, but two stars is just like, I feel like you're missing the cinematography and the production design. And they actually built the Titanic, they built a replica of this. It's just, but yeah, fine. I get it. <laughs> so let me read off some of the other movies that were nominated for Best Picture that year. Uh, the Full Monty. Haven't seen that one, but I've heard good things. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Oh, great movie. Fantastic movie. Uh, as good as it gets. Really strong. One of James L. Brooks's best. Uh, and L.A. Confidential. The one that should have won that year. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> that was one movie out of five. I... Okay. Um, so Titanic, weakest out of that bunch. Also, um, I'm going to say one of the most bar things that you can imagine for this. Okay, ready? Um, there was a musical, uh, called Titanic that was also released in 1997. The musical's better. (laughs) Okay. Uh... Yeah, I can't follow that. Uh, it, it's been years since I've seen this movie. Uh, I I don't remember a thing about it. It's and I I don't really want to. Not really for any real reason. Just because it's 
three fucking it's three fucking it's three hours right yeah yep yeah okay yeah it's a sit it takes a while to, it takes it takes a lot to get me to watch anything three hours i just i mean i it could be good but i i i unless i have to i'm not gonna rewatch yeah. it you're good all, okay. right. all right jake what's your uh, number three so um i had mentioned that i can only pick one pixar film i i, I put myself on um and i decided to go for the one that just doesn't make the most sense i get maybe that you don't like ratatouille i kind of get that you don't like up with you know the reasons that you have said i just don't get how you could give this two stars i'm giving my number three it is toy story two. Ooh, who's that who stars this is in arguably better than the first one this explores you know, further themes you know toys they don't last forever they're going owners are going to grow up and then who is going to get a toys and it just it deals with those themes and it just i just I, i'm a big fan of like the maturity in certain pixar films um and, and this is just one that also just deals with that like you know toys are, are fragile that you could break and then you know you get new owners and then well, this is the owner that you like and then and then it just goes away and then you become this bitter toy and that's kind of what happens to jesse and i think that emotional payoff at the end when she just realizes that well there's always that's that's part of reality, you know. People we meet, people we don't see, people we just forget about. People move on, they get older, and we're just kind of in this middle point of just just existing. And it's it's weird because it's about toys, and you just for a kids movie like that, it kind of makes sense. But then just dealing with that sort of stuff, I think is great. I also think this movie is really funny with um Al and his um Al's toy barn. I think. Um, Wayne Knight is really funny in this, and him as the giant chicken man in the ad. I also just love the opening. <laughs> it, it makes you think you're watching this different movie, and it turns out it's just a game that Rex is playing, the Buzz Lightyear game. <laughs> it's just like, what? And there's also the uh, Empire Strikes Back parody with um, Emperor Zerg being um, Buzz Lightyear's father. The first time I actually ever saw that kind of parody. I never even, I, at that point, I didn't even see Empire. Oh, my first time knowing the I am your father twist is from watching Toy Story 2 and I just think it's great and yeah I think Toy Story 2 is uh, one of the best Pixar movies I just also love the story behind how this movie was made they all, it got deleted and then just someone on one of their home computers had like backup of the movie and then they were able to finish it it's just it's crazy the story behind this and uh, yes I can't believe I have to go all the way all the way to work on a Saturday all the way to work it's so good all the way to work um Toy Story 2, I feel like all the Toy Story sequels basically tell the same story. And this is, to me, the least interesting version. Um, I'm not a big fan of 4 either. I think 3, three did it best. 3 is probably my favorite Toy Story movie. Um, but yeah, I just didn't. I never connected to this one. This felt like the first time Pixar was kind of getting into like cash-in range like it's not a cash-in but it's as like as close as they got at this point like, <laughs> i know but it just it just it just felt like okay we're you know that you know we sold a lot of toys so let's make let's make another one um it's again it's a two store two stores isn't a bad movie for me i don't hate it um but i just don't um i don't love i don't love the story and i, I just don't like i it's just yeah, it's, it's just not for me i know what to say guys everybody else had toy story too all right, I'm going to start this argument again. Toy Story 2 is the third best film in this franchise. Um, however, it's way better than... It's at least three and a half stars, if not four. 
You're insane, Kirk. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I agree with Bar. It's it's the third best Toy Story movie, but yes! like it, in saying that, all three Toy Stories are three of the best animated movies ever made. Like it's two great. stars is yep. insulting. <laughs> like I don't understand because th- all three of them are great, and two I think just brings it to that emotional height. Like yeah, I don't. Un- I, I I mean I I don't get like what like what do you uh, just not feel pain like uh, did you not did you not feel like uh, Jesse being ripped away from her owner and then the song the song not get you what what was that Stuck. come on Kelly um I really like Toy Story two um I liked all the Toy Stories um. I do feel like number four was unnecessary. And I think that they were just kind of cashing in, like Kirk said, but definitely more than two stars. I mean, all the Toy Stories are great and deserve more than that. Even if you like, I think everybody rates theirs one through fours different ways, but um, it deserves more than two stars for sure. All right. Okay. Uh, Bar, when you come back, is Bar spinning for everybody else? Yeah. Uh, yep. All right, we'll give him a second. If he doesn't go back, we'll we'll come back to him. But let's see if he uh, if he reloads here. Um, let's do. Oh, we'll get him up then. And then oh, wait. Let's see, are we getting him? You might just have to skip him and then until he comes back. Okay. There, okay. There All right. Yeah. I didn't want to go. I, there's a reason I didn't want to go into Mark, but um... Streamer just booted me. I don't know what happened. Oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, Andrew, while you're still here, give us your number two. All right, cool. Uh, my number two is, um, in my opinion, the best romance film ever made. Uh, when Harry Met Sally, you gave this motherfucking two stars, Kirk? Two! Oh, my God. Okay. The chemistry between Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal is so strong, and the writing of this movie is so pure. It is one of the most honest romance films I've ever seen in my life. I think that this movie is perfect. It's one of the few films I've ever given five stars to, so that should already automatically put it at two and a half for you, Kirk. Um, I I just think that the way that it's directed, it's the pace of it is just so smooth. Like it just runs together so well and you have so many great moments that new year's eve scene and the speech that billy crystal gives is so amazing and just like i don't understand how your heart just doesn't fill up in that moment kirk um you're dead inside that's a fact okay um this actually has gone up for me um i really used to dislike this movie um, it's grown on me a little bit more. I think the main thing is like, I just don't buy into Meg Ryan. Um, she's not somebody I dislike. Um, but when you ride your movie on like her charm and her charisma and her like quirkiness, I'm just, I'm really not there for it. Um, Billy Crystal's good in it, but it's still, I just, I'm not, I, I, he's, he's, he's not one of my favorite comedians either. Um, he's hit or miss for me. So again, this, I used to actually have this rate a lot lower. Um, as I've gotten older, I've connected with a little bit more and maybe that will continue. That curve will continue to, uh, you know, go up, but, uh, yeah. Um, 
again, I don't love it. Uh, yeah, uh, I fucked up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, this 100% would have been on the list. I didn't know this is a two-star movie for Kirk. Uh, well, how is how is when Harry met like the greatest romantic comedy ever made? Like a eh, I don't know. Like that, <laughs> like, it makes no sense. I mean. I don't, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Billy Crystal is fucking awesome. I mean, I'm not a huge Billy Crystal fan, like in general. He's hilarious in this movie, and Meg Ryan is charming AF. Okay, like I don't know, or say oh, I don't get the Meg Ryan. I don't know what the fuck movie you were watching. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna save Kathy for last because I know she has a lot to say here. So Jake, you go ahead. Um, I have actually, fun fact, never seen this one. Yeah. Oh. Wow. <laughs> okay. Be nice. Oh, I, okay. What? I'm I'm, no, don't be nice to him. <laughs> first of all, I want to tell Andrew and Mark that I like you a lot. Andrew, I like you more. And Mark, I just met you, but I like you because When Harry Met Sally is a fantastic movie. Yeah. It is so good. Meg Ryan is so fantastic she's so beautiful charming like mark said how kirk does not how he's not in love with her i don't understand it like he's in love with I'm me love with but i think meg ryan is fantastic so it makes no sense um i think that the dialogue is fantastic the writing is so great and the timing like i think it was andrew that brought it up it's just great um i love billy crystal um just everything, like even the little side characters, their best friends. Um, I, I don't know. I, I love this movie so much. He criticizes it all the time, and I don't all the time, all the time, not as much as I quote Billy Madison. <laughs> Correct, that is true. But I mean, if the movie comes up, you have something bad to say. So, um, yeah, I don't get it. I, I love this movie, I think it is so great. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so Mark, we are on to year number two. All right. Uh, yeah, no way. I didn't want to go to me. Uh, my, cause my number two is no country for old men. So, um, right. uh, I guess, uh, yeah, I was going, yeah, you, you, you go first. Edge your head that higher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is it, this honestly is is grown into one of my favorite movies ever. I, I know a lot of people in this community have a lot of love for Oh Brother. I think No Country is bar none, hands down, just the best Coen Brothers movie. I think it it, it oh well, you can say your piece. Like it, I, I feel like in a lot of weird ways it it like uh, compounds like the two things that they're really good at doing. Like it, they tell just a really, really sharp story. And it's also one that is weirdly hilarious. I mean, I find the scene where he's just trying to buy poles from the tent and like, without telling the guy like, Hey, I just need the fucking poles. I don't need this tent. <laughs> like, like I find that part like just hilarious. It's just like, it is just a great, fucking story just kind of about the nature of good and evil and just kind of like us trying to kind of navigate it and i think in a very Cone brothers way they don't give any easy answers because it 
the at the end, like one of the main characters, like I think it's just because like the world we lived in was bad already was is just getting worse, and then like he's told like no, the world is already this bad. I don't know what you're thinking. Like it's just gotten worse over time. It's always been this bad, and he's just kind of looking for that that uh that higher power just kind of help him. Which talking about a uh, a character who used to be like my big issue with the movie, but really like Tommy Lee Jones. Who I like, he used to be my big issue. The honestly, going back, he's probably like the thing I gravitate most in the movie. He really is the glue in that story that holds it all together. And I mean, you bring up the obvious, like fucking the uh, Javier Bardem is incredible, just one of the greatest movie villains ever. I mean, we there, there are way too many good things to say about No Country for Old Men. It's amazing. Uh, Kirk, you can lean back and rest your head on your hand all you want, but like this is a movie that should be directly up your alley, to be completely honest. So I'm really surprised that you have it at two, I think it was two stars. It's two stars, yeah. 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 So like the crime element of this is really good. Like just like this oh, the simple idea of like Josh Brolin's character being chased by a boogeyman. I think that it's just like incredibly like for something as simple as it is, it's really smart in the way that it's constructed. Um, the performances are fantastic. I mean, like obviously Javier, but like as Mark brought up, Tommy Lee Jones. This might be my favorite Tommy Lee Jones performance, actually. Um, and just like the way that it, it's got that griminess, that dirtiness that I know that you like, Kirk. And also, just like I think the fact that there's no like there's little to no music at all really actually intensifies the anxiety that this movie kind of builds. So I'm a little surprised. No, you know what? Not even a little. I'm very surprised. You have this at two stars. Uh, this is yet again. And I mean, we're getting to the higher list, so we're going to be getting to better movies. But this is another one that uh, has grown. I mean, the first time I saw this, I did not like it at all. I really hated it. Uh, subsequent rewatches uh, over time, I, I kind of um, it grew on me a little bit. Um, and that's Coen Brothers in general. Like I used to really not like anything the Coens did, and they've in their movies, their filmography overall has been growing on me. Uh, this is another one I think on a on a next rewatch rewatch after that. This is probably going to go up more. Um, the first time I just was not in like buying into like the. Um, like the setup of it and the way they were telling the story. Um, once I went back to it, I enjoyed it more. So this is, this is definitely one that could, to, could, could definitely skyrocket in the ratings for me. Um, I mentioned that I didn't want to put more than one Coen Brothers movie on my list. Um, this is my, one of my favorites. This may be my favorite Coen Brothers movie. This is up there for sure. I mean, it made my top 100 as everyone knows. Um, yeah, this, I had a similar situation with Kirk where I just didn't get it. Then the second viewing, I didn't even get it. I got it even less. And then third, fourth, fifth, I just realized that I get what the film is going for. And yeah, Andrew and Mark, you both said everything of why this movie is fantastic. I also just think the 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 action scene, the the stealth shootout during this on the street is just so great in its just simplicity. It's so precise. I just think one thing that's so good about this movie is the editing. The Owens edited this movie as they do with a lot of their movies. And it's just so precise on what it tries to do. And it's just, it 
it's just perfect in, in tone and pacing. And yeah, I think it's, it's fantastic. But I just want to talk about something else that I hadn't really talked about before. Sure. All right, Kath, you haven't seen this, have you? All right, then go ahead and give us your number two. Okay. <clears throat> My number two is Steel Magnolias. And I don't mean to be heavy in the like, women and feminine representation here tonight but he gave this film one star and that is wrong so um let's talk about this all-star cast okay julia roberts this was a breakthrough um movie for her uh shirley mclean she plays my favorite character weezer um olympia dukakis i think that's her name right mm -hmm. um what is it that's yeah, it okay um, and Daryl Hannah, um, Dolly Parton, but I think that this is just a great, strong, uh, women's cast. I think that, um, that's kind of the point of the movie is just to have strong women. And I think that it's really funny. Um, and I think they do like funny, com like comedy in a classy way, um, with the women, and um i just for a movie to make you laugh and cry the way that this movie does and do, do it so well i think it's just fantastic um and so i didn't say her name yet but because she's just fantastic but sally field is amazing if you've seen this movie um there's um caution spoiler spoiler alert um mute it or don't listen but at the funeral, um, oh, no one's seen it, sorry. Um, but at the one scene, she gives this speech and it's called the why speech. And she's basically like questioning God and why he allows bad things to happen. And if you can't relate to that moment and Sally Field just nails it and it's just amazing. Um, so yeah, I just, it's so great. The one-liners, it's funny, it's sentimental to make you laugh and cry like that um to give it one star is just ridiculous so i had to have it on my list i'll keep this one short um i you made me watch this movie and i don't remember much about it other than a bunch of middle-aged women shouting at each other um uh, I'm, not, I'm not gonna say anything about bad about dolly parton but the rest of this cast just didn't do it for me. Um, so that's really all I got to say about that. Uh, anybody else? I, you guys haven't seen it. Mark, have you seen Still Magnolias? You guys haven't seen it either? I've, I've wanted uh, to for so long. It's one of my mom's favorites, but I've just never been around to it. All right. Okay, then, uh, Jake, give us your number two. Number two. I'm bringing back uh, one of my favorites. Um, this is a film where I just think if you just love cinema, there's no, you can't have this any lower than like six, they're three stars, really. Um, I'm giving it to your boy Leo. It is The Revenant. Oh my God, we're going to fight. <laughs> is, is this, well, is this, and, should Andrew be the one to be on me? But um, uh, I will say, I think when you look at just what cinema can, can, can achieve and filmmaking, The Revenant is like the pinnacle of that sort of stuff. Um, Inari 2 is one of my favorite filmmakers. I've always loved the stuff. He made my favorite film, Birdman. Um, and this is just one where 
he just goes full on. He goes eleven. He goes uh, he goes crazy with his uh, filmmaking and just going out and shooting it in the wild, in the forest, um, during the cold temperatures. You just you feel the the uneasiness of the wilderness and just the idea of just survival. And I think through Leo's performance, it's I, he rightfully won an Oscar for it. I think he's fantastic in this movie. Tom Hardy is also fantastic in this movie, trying to get pelts. I think he's also he's just a good character that you want to see get his comeuppance, but you also get his motivation. Um, and I just yeah, I think this movie is just visually it's incredible. It's one of the most gorgeous cinematography ever in any film that I think I've ever seen. This is like top five most beautiful films. Uh, Lebeski's just a master of, of light and camera. Um, yeah, and the music as well. I just think that it's just so grand and epic, but also intimate and personal. And it's just, yeah, it's just everything that I want to see in a film. Like It's just cinema doing what it can with every aspect of the film. And I think it's a also just a, a really... And this one has a story. Like You can't say that it has no story or no characters because there's a lot of story and a lot of characters. It's simple, but there's a lot going on in this movie. And I think I find that very, uh, really, you know, engaging. So one of my favorites, I think this movie is just fantastic. Uh, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you had to say. It is a great looking movie. Um, that shot of the, uh, the you know, when the camp gets attacked and it's all, all in one shot is fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so um, a, lot, a lot of good things about this. The reason why I couldn't connect this movie, I'm sitting here watching it. You know, I went and saw this. Um, I think I was, I was, I went and saw it like on a Wednesday afternoon by myself. And, um, you know, what is it, 10, 15 minutes in, uh, Leo gets attacked by the bear, gets his throat slashed, blood everywhere. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. They just killed the main character. Let's see where they go with this. And he survives. And, you know, so then he, you know, falls naked into a freezing river, survives that. Um, and just, and again, I know it's the Revenant and that's like the idea of the movie, but we watch literally what's happening there. It's just like, he just keeps surviving. And then that, uh, native American medicine man eventually comes along and, you know, puts all the stuff. I'm like, okay, good. Now at least they're giving me some, a way to suspend my disbelief, a way he's surviving this, why he's still alive. Literally the next scene, he drives a horse off a cliff and survives that. Um, <laughs> And it just, I, I was laughing. I was laughing at this movie. We've talked about a lot of cartoons today. This movie is like a cartoon. There's like no physical consequences to anything that happens to people. And that was my biggest pet peeve about this, about this movie is that I could not, um, okay, he's not naked, but he still falls in a freezing river. And then he starts a fire when he, he's soaking wet and starts a fire. But yeah, I could not, and then even at the fight at the end, like Hardy gets his entire hand slashed with a knife, and then he just using his fingers the rest of the fight. Like, there's no physical it weight. Well, like a few fingers. It wasn't his whole hand. There were, there's no physical, like, gravity or weight or consequence to anything that happened in this movie. And that just completely sucked me out of it. That's why I have this rain so low. Uh, you, you are right. There are some good things about it. Um, but that's that's why that's that's why I couldn't get into this movie at all. Uh, everybody else on The Revenant. <laughs> I haven't seen it. And I just want to say, I'm sorry there are so many movies that I haven't seen. I've seen probably hundreds more movies because of Kirk, but just the ones that have been on the show, I haven't well, seen. So sorry. Andrew's here, so he hasn't seen any movies either. So don't. don't That's true. Huh. Uh, Mark, have you seen this one? Uh, this is probably, uh, the, probably the most frustrating movie that we brought up today. 
Um, I, I like, I like parts of this movie. I, I cause I, I feel like I'm kind of more of a Kirk here than I, than I have with you, Jake. Cause I, I, I like the performances. It's a beautiful looking movie, but holy shit. And I, I love the ending. The, the ending, the ending's fantastic, but, but holy shit, uh, is like fucking, um, Kirk talked about Nolan being up his own ass. Inaritu is so far up his ass in this movie. It's it, the Revenant at times is so goddamn pretentious. It's it, it just makes me it just makes me sick. Like he's standing, he's like on these long shots that just mean nothing. Like I don't know what he's doing. Like it's forty minutes too long. It just and like it's the ultimate. Like what will an actor do for an Oscar? Like you know, he. Like he gets killed, like you know, he fights a bear and then sleeps in a like in in you know sleeps in a horse, and like that's that's what Leo had to do. I mean, I get it; he lost for Wolf of Wall Street, but still, <laughs> I still think that he should have lost for Wolf of Wall Street over McConaughey. Um, oh, McConaughey was amazing in that movie. All right, so uh, the cinematography of this movie is actually very beautiful. It's like amazing cinematography. I will give you that. If I had to see one more establishing shot of a mountain, I was going to puncture the screen with whatever sharp object I could find. Um, the pacing of this movie is really not good. I think, like, the thing is, it's a very repeated pattern throughout the entire movie. Like, Oh, here's a dangerous situation. Oh, oh, looks like he should be dead. Oh, no, he's not dead. All right, let's keep going. Oh, no, another dangerous situation. Oh, he's he's definitely dead this time. Oh, wait, no, he's not. Okay, cool. It's like rinse, cycle, repeat throughout most of the movie. Also, Michael Fassbender should have won the Oscar this year. Um, because everyone's talking about, oh, the performance that Leo gives. It's incredible. Like, he actually jumped into a, fr a freezing river. He actually, like, slept in, like, that dead carcass. Like, he actually ate that buffalo heart. Like, I get a dedication to your craft, but at what, at what point does it become not acting but actually just doing tricks? Like, that, I have so many problems with this movie. I get your point. Fair points. All right. Um, so that brings us uh, – everybody. It's been a long episode, everybody. I appreciate everybody who's been sticking through. Uh, everybody's still in the chat. Um, but now we're going to move on to the number ones. And uh, Andrew, we're going to start with you. Uh, it was a yikes from earlier. Kirk, you gave uh, a few good men two stars. How? I want answers. Because the story is really super strong. This is, in my opinion, Tom Cruise's best performance. I know you're not a Cruise guy, but everyone has that one performance, and this is, I thought for sure, in your mind, this would be that one performance. I think that it's also the best performance that Demi Moore has ever given. Like, ever. Um, the, the tension that is just built with the story the cinematography the performances is rich and dense and deep 
the the one scene I cannot remember the character's name, but it's like before he's supposed to be uh, the witness, and he's just getting dressed up in his uniform in front of the mirror as it's like raining raining outside, and like you know that he's about to do something. It's just so great, and like Rob Marshall, not Rob Marshall, Rob Reiner. Blech. Rob Reiner's direction of this movie is absolutely stunning. I'm kind of really upset that he didn't stay at this level throughout like the most of his career. It, I have no idea what it is about this movie that brings it down to two stars for you, Kirk. This should be a movie that I think you would have at like three and a half or four. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, not. No. Uh, oh, yeah, Mark, I'm sorry. Good. Yeah. You had it at uh, uh, number four. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 with Bar here. I, I don't get it either. I mean, it's it's probably one of the tightest scripts I think ever. In, in fact, it's probably too good because it's probably why Sorkin is like, you have to read my lines exactly how I wrote it, or else it's or else this whole all of this means nothing. Like, but it's I don't, I don't know, just fucking view. Uh, I, like it's all like it's a perfect time in Tom Cruise's uh, perfect time for Tom Cruise like in this movie just because he like I feel like people talk about Nicholson as being like the, the seminal performance in this movie and Tom Cruise is just right there with him the entire time I mean that last scene is not nearly as good if Tom Cruise isn't on the same level as Nicholson like it, it just Plus, it's just it, it's just so fun. It just everything just goes exact exactly the way it needs to. It's it's really well paced, and like e- even though like it it kind of does have a play aspect, which at, at times maybe takes me out a little bit. It's still it it, it it's still damn near perfect. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm not like I said, I'm not a big cruise guy. I'm also not like courtroom procedurals are just not my genre. Um, so my rating on this is more personal than anything, just because it's it's not my kind of movie. Um, I do what I haven't watched in a long time. It is one I've wanted to rewatch. Um, my rating go, may go up, but it's never going to be like super high, just because, like I said, like the genre itself doesn't appeal to me. Um, but that said, uh, Jake and uh, Kathy on a few good men. Uh, I had to. I rewatched this movie a few months ago because uh, I had to play Scott Harvey in a title match. So of course he would be Aaron Sorkin in round two. Uh, this is a fantastic movie. Yeah, I, I will never forget my mom showing this movie when I was younger. Uh, it's just so good. The pacing, the performances, the writing—you were just engaged from frame one to the last frame to when Cruz walks out of the courtroom. It's just like. This is a fantastic movie. It's just shocking that Rob Reiner was not nominated for Best Director. He has never been nominated for Best Director for any of his movies. And I feel like this is the one that he truly deserved the nomination. I really love Christopher Guest's um, his short role, his short performance when he's on trial. He's just, it's just crazy thinking like that guy from This Is Final Tap, the comedic masterpiece, the guy that did Best in the Show. And he has this very dramatic one scene. It's just so good. I mean, he's a doctor in the in that scene, but yeah, he's just really understated. Um, yeah, this is just a fantastic courtroom drama, one of the best. Um, Aaron Sorkin's the master writer and dialogue. It's just yeah, very good. But also, shout out Kevin Pollack. He's like the third of Cruise mm-hmm. and Moore, and he just he has his own. He plays it well, and uh, 
he just matches with 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 Demi Moore and Tom Cruise in a way where he just you couldn't with another actor. And I think that trio when they're just in the apartment, just trying to figure out what they're going to do, how they're going to save these two privates. It's just yeah, it's great. Kathy, you seen this? Yes, um, I've seen this movie, and I really like this movie. Um, it's one of the most quoted lines. Everybody knows what line I'm talking about. Like, I don't know how just for that line, you wouldn't have it higher. Um, and like you guys said, like he, he might not like courtroom, but that's not true. I can tell you some courtroom movies that he really enjoys, <laughs> like 12 Angry Men. And to kill a mockingbird. There's no courtroom in 12 Angry Men. Bullshit, there isn't. It takes place in the side room of a courtroom. I'm sure it's a bit of injustice for all as well. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But anyway, like, but still, like that whole idea of law and justice and arguing for it and that you're satisfied, you know, at the end. Like, there's that moment. And I think that that movie definitely delivers that. And it deserves so much, so much more. Yeah. Okay, uh, Mark, we are on to your number one. What's your number one movie of my low-rated movies? Okay, yeah, um, yeah. My my number one is honestly one that has very slowly kind of become one of my favorite movies ever from a director that I'm kind of very that very newly got really into. My number one is Everybody Wants Some. I uh, I just I I I, got me, I I saw this movie I think a year or two after it came out and and think since then I've seen this movie like maybe like thirty times I cannot get enough of this movie I like I mean because Linklater is kind of famous for like doing uh doing the Hangout movie and I think what I think I think the thing that I gravitate to the most if everybody wants them. Is that like like I feel like I just connect so personally to it because every single character in this movie, like I know, like I have met every every single per every single guy in this movie. I've I was great friends with every with a few guys in here. I've hated a couple of guys in here. Like I've wanted to fight a couple of guys in here. I've gone to like raging parties of a few of these guys. Like just. Like it, it just as far as like kind of my I think at least like my college experience like nothing I think kind of spoke to me as much as everybody wants some did and I think what what's just kind of so neat about it and I think what's like what I find like really special about it is that it it kind of like it like it has Linklater pretty much say you know like this is kind of the thing that kind of. Ma- like was uh was my foundation like for the rest of life the people that I met in college and like the relationships that I built and the friendships that I built were were kind of what led me on to the rest of my life and I found that so beautiful and just the personal attachment I have with this like every time I watch it like I feel close to uh, the friends that you know I don't live in cro- close proximity anymore so like I feel closer to them every time we watch this movie yeah it's just it, it's one that. Like now, like I've very recently just kind of grown a love for, and I just can't get enough of it now. Um, yeah, I, I I'll say this: I appreciate you not picking days and confused. Um, <laughs> at least, 
because um, you know, at least with this movie, I was entertained at points and I, I cared at points about some of the characters. And I don't think anybody's a statutory rapist in this movie, so it has that going for it. But um, yeah, this yeah, Linklater's not my director. Uh, Joseph asked the chat if I, I think probably my favorite Linklater movie is Score Rock because it's the most unlinklater unlinklater like movie he's made. Um, but yeah, I just this to me is like just one of those. And I mean, you said it's your personal experience, and you know that's I you know I can't argue with that. But to me, it just so like college cliche movies like that scene at the party like where they're going through the house it's like there's somebody's like behind the camera with a checklist checking off like every college movie party cliche possible um and oh man alive that mid-credit scene is the most secondhand embarrassment i've ever felt in my entire life like i'm like cringing right now just thinking about it it's so awful it's so bad um i don't know whose idea that was but it just i just feel bad for everybody involved um, it like, like I'm, I, I'm, I'm getting a little nauseous now, like just thinking of it like from the secondhand embarrassment. Um, but yeah, that's, it's again, it's, it's so it's, it's, it's head and shoulders above, uh, days and confused, but I still don't like it very much. Everybody else on, everybody wants some. Uh, so I've never been able to finish dazed and confused. Um, and because I've heard that this was like the spiritual successor to that, I've never seen this movie. I am not the biggest fan of Days and Confused, um, which sucks when you're friends with Michael Campbell and Poeyama, who, who love that movie. Um, and I think they love this one even more. Um, this is one that they recommended to me, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. I weirdly watched this one first, and then I watched Dazed after, but this is just a really just fun movie. Um, I wanted to see if Kirk was going to bring up the fact that there's not really any story. It's just a bunch of frat guys just doing stuff before school commences or college commences. Um, yeah, it's just fun. It's just really entertaining. Like, you could just put it on and enjoy it. Um, I know Paul has seen this movie, like, 20 times uh, last year alone. Um, it's it's just, yeah, really fun to, to watch. And I really like the characters. Um, I think they're um, all interesting and unique, and they have their dynamics with with each other, and I think it's cool. So, yeah. Um, I haven't seen this movie, but I looked it up while you were talking about it, and I would like to see it um, just from the description. Um, but I will tell you that another big fight in the house is I like Dazed and Confused. I like that movie a lot. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, so obviously <laughs> you see how different our opinions are on movies. I really like Dazed and Confused. Um so I, I'm probably going to check this movie out, Mark, because I really like you and I like the movies that you picked. So thanks. Yeah, I do think I think this was up your alley, Kath. Uh, but speaking of our difference of opinions, go ahead and give us your number one. <laughs> okay. So as much as some people might disagree, I think that my number one is a nice combination of my personal um feelings toward this movie as well as objectively being good um but before i talk about my opinion and the objective good things i would like to read from kirk's letterbox review it says aquaman excuse me aquaman still skyrockets to the upper echelon of dceu films by default Yet he gives it 
two stars. <laughs> so someone tell me why in his letterbox review he says these wonderful things, yet he gives it two stars. So, um, yeah. Okay, so I didn't understand that. And I wanted to shoot. So, um, moving on to my... Okay, so um, I think that Aquaman is fantastic. Aquaman is my favorite comic book hero. Aquaman was my favorite comic book hero um, before this movie came out. I will show you. I'm, I'm still here. She's pulled in the Zario. Oh, my God. Props, props, I props. I don't have... I'm not sure... Oh, I'm not sure where my favorite um, action figure of him is, um, but these are just some of my Aquaman um, toys that I have because I love Aquaman. And so when Kirk and I were dating, he really loved comic books. He still does. Um, but I mean, when we started dating, he had subscriptions to like all these comic books. In fact, really cute story. He canceled um, a bunch of his comic book subscriptions so that we could have more money for the wedding. Oh, that was oh that's a shame. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank I you. Got, I got to yeah. that. That's good. Yeah, it was because he spent a lot of money on comic book subscriptions. So for when we are, you know, saving money for our wedding. But Aquaman is my absolute favorite, favorite comic book hero before this even um, <laughs> case, Spence. But um, before <laughs> this movie came out. Because I know a lot of people, um, you know, jumped on that, the bandwagon of Aquaman when it came out. But I've always loved Aquaman. So that's, I mean, that's, it's my number one. I was looking forward to this movie. I was so excited to hear when they said they were going to make it. Um, I love oceanography. That's probably why Aquaman is one of my, is, is my favorite comic book hero. Um, and I feel like DC, um, What's his name? James Wan? Is that the yes. director's name? Okay, thanks. Um, but the makers of this movie did a fantastic job visually. Spectacular, vivid colors to create Atlantis the way they did. People try to say, like, they compare it to Avatar. Pfft, I spit on that. This looks better than Avatar, okay? Like, Avatar looks like Willy Wonka or like... Um, Whoa! I'm trying to think of something like... the Tim Burton one. Oh. That's a good one, though. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, but, like, it looks pathetic. Okay. Avatar is... All right. So, visually, it's been spectacular. Um, I love mermaids. So, obviously, um, that along with oceanography. Um, yeah. The special effects are really good. Um I, ju I just think I can't go on about enough. Um, the trench scene um, is really scary. I don't like scary movies. Um, anybody who, if, if, if you know me or like Kirk will tell you, I don't watch scary movies. I, he jokes and he says, oh, somebody breaks their arm in this movie. It's a horror movie. Are you sure you're going to watch it with me? And I'm like, ha ha, shut up. So honestly though but that trench scene as scary as it is and as upset as it made me it's spectacular like you can tell that that guy i think they said he used to be a horror movie or he is a horror movie like he did um 
saw and the conjurer. I, I could be wrong. But um, right. yeah, you're right. Effects and the trench scene. I don't know as much about movies as you guys. So um, <laughs> the sharks, like, I mean, if you knew how much I loved oceanography, um, the scene where they're like riding the sharks and the sea creatures and like all that kind of stuff, it just makes me so happy. Um, oh, I just could gush about this movie. Um, I, I used to teach Greek mythology and just like Poseidon. I love all that. Like the God of the sea, the trident. Um, when Aquaman finds the trident and there's that like moment. Um, and as far as acting is concerned, I think Jason Momoa does a great job and everyone does a fine job. I love Willem Dafoe. Um, but Nicole Kidman, oh my goodness. Like her character is fantastic. But I think that she kind of, I don't know, she just gives a great performance where like, I think a lot of times people look down on comic book movies for acting, like she brings it um, and she does a quality job. Like I think everybody does, but I think that she really like does a great job and she's such a vital character and that underwater, like that secret when they find her, that moment, just everything with her is so cool. I mean, and she's such a bad a like when she fights and and does stuff and even like her armor when they find her like i just love nicole kidman um in this so um i think it's just great i i, I think it's objectively great and i personally adore this movie and i am really hurt that my husband the love of my life put this at two stars all right <sighs> Kelly, the key word in that review is by default. <laughs> I watch this movie and I'm not like depressed and hating life when it's over. So by default, it's one of the best. Have you seen the Zack Snyder films? By default. Oh, I forgot to best. mention something. Black Man is great. Um, they yes. actually should have had more Black Man. So, yeah. yeah. I was going to say that. That's he's my favorite part of the movie. That. I know you said, and that. he's he's too underdeveloped. Um, yeah, a lot of these things, I I don't mind Jason Momoa as an actor, but I don't think he's right for act Aquaman. I do not like his like dude bro take <laughs> on the character. Um, that's I mean, you say like you love like old school Aquaman. That's not Aquaman at all. Um, and I feel like they just didn't know what else to do with the character, so they like let's make him like super like dude broy. Um, not a fan of that. The visuals, calf. It looks. This movie looks like somebody ate all of Avatar's special effects and then threw them up all over this movie. Um, those underwater scenes just hurt my eyes. Like it's so ugly and just so many just Shut color up. clashing it's colors. To be a comic hey, hey, hey! This is where I talk. This is where I talk. The couch counter. The counter. I talk. Full tilt. It's supposed to be cartoony. It's a comic book uh -oh. on the screen. Coho, you may, we may, Coho, we may have to institute the shut up roll. I hate to do it. No, but... don't you dare. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm doing this for your protection, Kirk. Kirk, I need you to know. I could. But I'm afraid for your safety. Get him! Get him! No. Listen. Okay, wait. Get him! Get him! Well, she's going out. She's going to tackle Pitt. Listen. Okay, <laughs> 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 I've seen other comic movies that look like that. 
Andrew said to give you a hug. You were hurt. So you must be hurt because this movie is beautiful. Okay. And it delivers. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, Black Mana is the best part of this movie. And it is... Uh, and he's under in the trench. Black Man in the Trench, best two parts of this movie, and they're both completely under undeveloped. Um, and yeah, I don't like the way it looks. And yeah, um, it's oh, Patrick Wilson is just a complete blank of an actor. Um, he's he's a he's a he's he's poor, poor, terrible choice for the main villain. Should have been Black Mana. Um, but yeah, what's everybody else have to say about uh, Aquaman? Haven't seen it. Uh. I, I listen. I I love the energy. I like it a lot. <laughs> it's gonna be crazy. When one of us, one of us who's not Kathy, shows up in the background of of Kurt. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I don't like Aquaman at all. I it just it just it, it is one of the most insecure movies I think I've ever seen. It is scared to death of losing your attention. They have like that movie has no exaggeration. Fifty-seven action scenes in it, like they just, just they are just showing you just action scene after action scene just to make sure they keep your attention because they don't want they just don't want you to like be they they want to trick you into thinking hey this is good like uh, the, and yeah Kirk hit it on the head too like the my man like just the whole dude bro Aquaman like is just so weird it's a weird. It's a weird decision that they kept from the Zack Snyder's Justice League that I don't understand. Kirk, you may want to save a spot on that couch. <laughs> I don't got to live there. I mean, <laughs> I'm saving my own house. I think he's just afraid to say anything about it. Yeah. Um, I'm worried that Kathy's going to sell all of their property and then buy an aquarium just because she's. <laughs> really love the, uh, the 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 ocean and fish life, and uh, and Craig has to be like has to be invested into the aquarium. That's there's a reason they have a waterbed. <laughs> um, I think this is the second best so bad it's good superhero movie of 2018. <laughs> Those who know me know what number one is, but this is just hilarious. Like. Can you ever make a movie more sarcastically than James Wan did making Aquaman? Because it feels like he is not. He just, he's just having fun. Um, I mean, Adelaide put it out there, the octopus on the drums. That's that's all you need. Like, this film is clearly not trying to be the serious thing. And what's great is that it juxtaposes that with this epic, like, giant Lord of the Rings-esque action scene uh, in the, the, the third act, and it's just like this endless over-the-top stuff, and I just laugh because it feels like that's what the film, at least what I feel, is trying to go for. This just endless, insane, you know, extravaganza of visual effects. Um, there's some good stuff. Uh, Don Burgess shot the movie, and I have to stand him because he shot Spider-Man. Uh, but yeah, this film's got good moments. I, I would never call this film good or great, but I would call this film interesting. But I, I will give Kathy credit for this is an M1. This is definitely like I would not have expected this. Side. That was just pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Um, well, Jake, why don't you go ahead and take us home with your number one? Uh, so <laughs> I made a, a conscious decision to have this as at number one. My my decision, I, my my reasoning 
I think is going to question a lot of people. <laughs> the previous movies were rated. Oh, well, this one was rated. And I just don't get the rating. This one does not even need a rating. This film transcends rating. Oh, oh, you cannot dear. rate this movie. You have to make the jellical choice, my friend. And you chose wrong. I am picking cats. <laughs> I muted it. Am I muted? Oh my god. You, this is a film that transcends a rating. You cannot read this movie. This movie is mind-boggling. It is perplexing that this film is exists. Yes. I knew that way you down my back. The whole point of this is that it's two stars or lower. You can't read this movie. This is just one of those rare artifacts of a creation. Some people's like, yes, we're going to make cats into a musical. We're going to use these CGI humanoid cat people. It just introduces a person, a cat after a cat after a cat with a musical sequence. It's just insane. The fact that they thought that this could this would be a successful film, I just don't understand what the idea, the concept behind this, and the execution of it is just insane. What the hell are they trying to do? There is no plot. There is nothing to this movie. It is just whatever Tom Hooper was thinking would work. And the, like, it is just what the hell. You cannot, with character names like Mr. Mistopheles, and this just like, what the hell? You're Macavity, it's just what? Um, yeah. And <laughs> James Corden and Rebel Wilson and Ian McKellen, and they're all trying to act like cats, and it's just weird because they look too human. And Jason Derulo, Tarum Tum Tugger, he's a curious cat. Like, what? All the songs are so repetitive. It is just insane. Repetitive. I like repetitive in like pop songs, but it just it takes it like another step further. Just Mr. Mr. Please, and then it's just. I wish I was drunk because I would be able to sell this even better. But it is one of those films. It's like an it's like a Neil Green movie. You can't read. It's just it transcends that sort of stuff. Okay, I just have to experience it. <laughs> oh man, I don't know where to go from here. Um, peek behind the curtain. Spence did submit a list for this show, and Spence did not have cats on their list. So I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know where to, where to, where to go from here. Uh, I mean, everything you said is right. The movie's a mess. Um, I don't know if I'm, I feel like I've, you put me in a spot where I have to defend it now because you were. <laughs> about um, but no, it's crazy. Like the thing is, like you're right. Like. <laughs> the, the, the play is bonkers so like how are you gonna make a movie like they could have like a filmmaker should have said okay here's how we're going to translate this on the screen and they didn't even try like there was no attempt it's just like here here's a song about the cat that does magic here's the cat song about the cat that lives in the house here's a song about the other cat that does magic it's just ridiculous and the thing that drives me crazy is this movie the sound mixing and the sound editing was terrible it was all you could hear understand anything like your whole entire story whatever story you have is going to be told exclusively through song. Make sure people can understand the lyrics. And there was just noise. Um, it was awful. The one thing I'm just glad is that they didn't show that dog. Because um, I don't <laughs> think I ever would have slept again if they showed that dog. Oh, that dog was running through the hallway behind the door. I'm like, please don't show it. Please don't show it. Um, it's, it's going to be changing me in ways I don't want. I don't want to happen. Um, but yeah, yeah. This this movie is a mess. Like, just yeah. I mean, everybody's talked about just that. This, unfinished special effects it just you're, i mean you're right in the sense that they actually released this as a movie 
Um, this came out the same weekend as Rise of Skywalker, and I actually went and saw this before Rise of Skywalker. So did I. Because me, me and my daughter, wanted to see, just, just for the hate watch, wanted to go see it, and we had a really good time watching it that way. Um, but yeah, this is horrible. Everybody else on Cats. Uh, I had to watch this because my ex-girlfriend loved the stage show, and I was trying to be a good boyfriend, and I got her opening night tickets. Um, so I remember when this movie was getting Oscar buzz. Like, this movie was getting buzz for the Academy Awards, and I immediately looked at that and went, that can't be fucking right. Um, Tom Hooper wanted to direct this as realistic. <laughs> and this is a musical where Andrew Lloyd Webber said to the great producer Hal Prince, when Hal Prince was like, I don't get what it's about, Andrew Lloyd Webber literally goes, it's about cats, Hal. (laughs) (laughs) There was no way that this movie was ever going... (laughs) There was no way this was ever going to be good. But it's kind of amazing in how bad it is. I would, de- I definitely have seen this at least twice. I've seen it twice, yeah. Uh, Mark and Kathy. One second. <laughs> I haven't seen it, thankfully. Yeah, you guys might be better off. Uh, I, I, I haven't seen it as well. But um, I just like to talk that talk about um. I mean, d- d- Jake, did you really want to talk about cats? I mean, what, what, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what's cats doing here? I'm thinking like, outside the box. He made an argument for why it's bad. What are we doing here? We don't need to sit here and talk about why cats is bad. Okay, we know cats is bad. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up, everybody. Long episode. Uh, I think we had fun. I appreciate everybody sticking around so long. Uh, Co always forget, do we do the complete list or we do scores first? Scores. Okay. Uh, going to do scores a little bit different um, this week, uh, considering the subject matter. Uh, coming in first place uh, with a list that ranks at two stars <laughs> is Andrew James Barr. Yeah! Oh, no, wait. No, you should. Oh, I should not have won this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, Andrew, I think you play it safe mostly. Um, and, you know, that was smart. You only have one movie that I really hate, uh, and everything else was eh. Uh, you stayed that two star rage, which is safe. Um, uh, again, you know, other than Walk Hard, there's nothing, and, and Flushed Away is not great. But uh, other than that, nothing egregious. Uh, coming in second place, also with two stars. Is Mark Menchaca. Uh Mark's basically the same boat. Uh, there's nothing to this here I despise uh, other than the Breakfast Club, and the Breakfast Club is worse than Walk Hard, so that's why he gets uh, second place. Uh, coming in third place, um, because I don't want to sleep on the couch, with a <laughs> score of one and a half is Kathy Kowalkowski. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff on here. Titanic, uh, Ted Things, Notebook, Twilight, oh, Twilight Breakfast Club. Yeah, you hit, you had a lot of uh, a lot of bad a lot of bad stuff here. Um, but in the last place, coming with one star, your list sucks, Jake oh Tarragoni. Um, you were you were okay uh, until we hit cats. Uh, you had cats at number one, and that's, that's, that's people fit on the show. Um, so we had to put you last place. Uh, let's look at our total overall list. Uh, we got 
Number 10, still Magnolias. Nine, Hermit Sally. Eight, The Revenant. Seven, Trulisha. Six is Cats. Yikes. Uh, everybody, what's up? <laughs> Aquaman, Ocean's Eleven, No Country, and A Few Good Men. I'll tell you this, guys. You could have done a whole lot worse. Uh, that list doesn't look too bad. Uh, so I appreciate everybody sticking around. I don't know if Cody or Coho want to come in here at all to wrap I, things up. Sure. Uh, this is awesome. I'm not going to lie. I've never <laughs> last part on the show. Uh, so, reminder, next week, Best Movies of 2014. Please, if you haven't sent in a listen, you want to be on, send it right now to me or Cody. We need them. Uh, I think we've already gotten a bunch of lists already in uh, over the course of the show, so I appreciate that a lot. Thank you so much. Uh, keep sending them. Uh, we want to do more of these. If they do well, we'll do more one-year uh, lists. Uh, heist movies after that. Uh, that's going to be a good time. Steal the list from Cody. Um, worst Best Picture winners. Uh, I already know what the thumbnail is going to be. Trust me. You're going to want to be here. Courtroom movies. Scott Harvey uh, is going to be on that. We don't have anyone else. If you want to be on courtroom movies, send it in. Uh, I might actually come make my return to YLS for that one because I want Scott Harvey to yell at me about my <laughs> objections. Uh, movie sequels. Uh, and then Top 100 Series Volume 3. There's going to be new shit for his Top 100 from a producer standpoint, graphic-wise, new intros and shit that I'm excited about. Please Tune in for that. Uh, and if you think you have a, a top 100 worthy of being on that, send it in. We haven't uh, locked in the fourth yet, but we're going to be doing that real soon. So send it in like as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. We want to give Kirk as much time as possible to watch those movies. So uh, those are all of them. Uh, go ahead, Kirk. Um, so yeah, thanks again. Everybody in the chat's still there. We're at almost at three hours. Appreciate you so much for sticking around. I had a lot of fun getting yelled at. I hope you all had fun. Uh, Andrew, Jake, Mark, uh, thanks so much for being here. Kathy, it was great having you. It was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of secrets revealed. A lot of weird stuff happened, but it was great. Uh, we'll catch you all next time. Thanks, guys. Enjoy that. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Your guilt has been determined. This is merely a sentencing hearing. Now, what will it be? Death or exile? You better lawyer up, asshole. Because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. So Normally, I would say Alphidazin. But since what Alphidazin actually means is till I see you again. And since I never wish to see you again, to you, sir, I say good. <laughs>